Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Greetings and salutations to our lovely audience. Today, October 11th, the 2020th year. Rick Geek is one year old. And with that, we thought we would reminisce with you. Now, being as it is just us guys palling around, as you do, uh, Nick decided that he was going to treat it more like an under the trench coat and his editing was going to be a bit lax. As such, um, there may be things that you're not used to hearing all the time. Um, for instance, Ken, every once in a while he vapes and it might sound something like this. And Brad. Brad uh, likes to breathe. So there are occasions when you might hear Brad breathing through his nose and it'll sound a little something like this. And Nick... Nick does shift in his chair from time to time, and it it sometimes gets picked up by the microphone and sounds kind of like this. So, apologies in advance for not only the sounds that uh, we usually take the time to remove, but also the length at which we talk. We do hope you enjoy it, and... Can't wait to spend another year with all of you amazing people. Thank you so much. And uh, let's throw back the clock one year and see where it all began. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our table and the inaugural episode of the Rolling in the Geek podcast. I am Ken Brown, and I will be your dungeon master. I will introduce my co-conspirators here in just a moment, but I wanted to share a bit about the world before we get going. Uh, first note, we are using the 5th uh, edition rule set for Dungeons & Dragons, but here we go. The world we are about to enter is named Riven, the Shattered Continent. What was once a tyrannical dragon-ruled supercontinent was reduced to a mass of islands and subcontinents separated by powerful and dangerous magical ley lines. Scars left on the world by the Cabal of Magi who smote the last dragon tyrant, Cyraxus. They are traversed only by those brave enough to use them for transportation, in reinforced airships, or the highly regulated system of trains ran by the central government. 
Now Riven is a virtual utopia. Cities thrive on the shattered remnants of the supercontinent, protected from war and invasion by the leyline borders. Monsters are rare, and attacks by them are rarer still, and those who fight them are a novelty. Even the civilized ancestors of the Feral are looked upon with mistrust and fear. People are generally happy and peaceful, but dark things are stirring in Riven. The idyllic mining town of Iron's Edge has reported attacks by fearsome creatures and has called out for help from anyone who could wield a weapon and offered the bounty of their mountain as payment. Who will answer the call? Nobody's answering the call! <laughs> uh, and then we'll... Uh... We'll fire into it here. I'm very confused. I thought you were doing oh, the intro. Yeah. No, yeah, that's me. Yeah, see, we're we're still just as bad at answering Nobody the call. Nobody took the call. Uh, it was it was it was a setup for a joke that I told no one about. And uh, <laughs> and it, it took a little bitch. while, and I, I think that that long pause is probably still going to be there when you hear this um, edited. That was a full thirty <laughs> seconds silence. That was. Hey, we got to we got to fill this time somehow. We got a year of content to talk about. It's only going to take us twenty minutes. We can use every second we can get. Uh, no, uh, to, hey, thank you so much uh, for for tuning in and catching this episode. Um, we got uh, stuff loosely planned uh, for the episode. I guess it's it's gonna be uh, more like if 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 you listen to the Under the Trench Coat for episode fifty two or fifty three, uh, that's basically the format we're gonna run with here. Uh, but there's not really questions we're gonna ask each other. We're just gonna kind of reminisce about the last year of the podcast. So it's just it's just gonna be us shooting the shit essentially. It's going to be like an FDR fireside yeah. chat from the 1940s. 100%. It'll be it'll um people of podcast America. <laughs> my podcast world. My world, sir. We can get across the world. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought I was born in America. I'm sorry. The, uh, I'm sorry. I'm the, sorry, world. You're all probably laughing the, at us anyway. The, I'm the, sorry. The statements and views expressed by Rick Geek Ken do not reflect those <laughs> expressed by <laughs> fucking Deja Vu by Rolling in the Geek Podcast. Um, we would like everyone to know that the, the person in charge of running uh, Ken Brown has been sacked. And uh, we are we are we're currently looking currently looking for someone to replace him. Um, no, we 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 kid. That's that's what. Welcome to welcome to Riven the Shattered Content. We'd like to let you know that the person who replaced Ken has now been yeah, sacked. Yeah, the, the the person in charge of replacing has been sacked, and we are now just filling in with the person who's in charge of moose bites. <laughs> what sound does a moose make? Moose. Make all the boy moose go hat. No, God, this is the worst. We have, we have, we have. There's scaffolding that's holding this show we, up, and we've collapsed it already. It, I was gonna say it's it's very <laughs> it's very very thin scaffolding, and we've done derailed. So, I mean, I guess I guess this is this is solid start though, because this this derailment this is what our 
we we play D and D in our friend group on Saturdays, um, and this is what the majority of it is. So uh, a lot of us, most of us, not Nick, which sucks most of the time, uh, have Saturdays off, and so uh, we got together and we played D and D, just just fifth edition D and D. Ken and Brad were together longer. Oh, that's actually something that uh, we're supposed to talk about in the show. So we'll we'll maybe touch on that uh, here. I guess was was our our, our meetings of each other. Um, I was doing an improv thing with uh, a buddy of mine who happened to do D and D with uh, Ken and Brad and some other people. And there was one point when he mentioned like maybe you guys would want to come by sometime to like me and this other kid. Uh, man, it was, we were gr- grown adults make our own decisions <laughs> and, and <laughs> i are we are uh, any listen, of us look, just because man, i wipe my own ass <laughs> just because <laughs> just because we have unmatured in the last however long doesn't mean we weren't once grown men Ken used to kill bugs for a living that's that's a man right there because i can't kill bugs uh, just I'm, to stay I'll alive second that uh, let alone for for a paycheck anyway uh so I said sure to my friend. I was like, yeah, I'd love to go to D&D sometime, even though I'm rather introverted. Um, and so meeting new people uh, is is like, that's all my energy for the year. And I was doing improv comedy. So that, that used a lot of my backup energy most of the time. So there was one weekend we had a show on Saturday and he said, hey, I talked to the guys. They'd love to have you guys come by. We're doing this uh, like little one shot thing. It's a monster mash that our buddy Josh uh, kind of created. Which Josh is his, is not Nick's, but his friend's cousin. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I pretty much met everybody else through Josh. Yeah, so. yeah. Josh is the is the cousin of of my improv comedy buddy who uh, listens to the show. He actually lives up in, I think it's South Dakota. I think that's I think that's where he's at now. Maybe he's in one of the Dakotas. I think maybe it's North. Out there adventuring. Sorry, Johnny Ray. If I if I said it wrong, yeah, he's always showing <laughs> pictures of him. Like hiking cool and shit. shit. Like it's amazing. He, Doing he cool saw fucking shit. goats. Hell like yeah. Just wild mountain goats the other day. That was awesome. Um, I say the other day, could have been a few weeks ago. Anyway, <laughs> an improv comedy show gets done. He's like, hey, yeah, this is the address. We're gonna go here, do this thing. So the monster mash is just it's it's this uh grid, like bog standard grid out of like one of the books, I think, but it's just got like 30 rooms or maybe only 29 rooms, something like that. And you pick a monster that you're going to play as, and they usually picked a CR. You could pick, you could be a CR like nine or whatever, whatever the, the, like Josh decides you can be. You pick that monster and then he has a table. We have a D30. You roll the, whenever you enter a room, you roll the D30, random effect. Some are good. Most are bad. Um, and you go around, uh, you can kill other players, like other monsters that are being played by people. That gives you one point. There is a boss monster, and when it kills a player, it accumulates points. So obviously you want to kill that boss monster, and then you get those points, and that boss monster can respawn based on the number that it gets rolled into the room. And people can kill you, and they take all your points. So a player is initially worth one point, but they can take uh, the points off you as you get more. Um, so I showed up. And I beat Johnny Ray there because he was going to pick up a lady friend. And I sat outside for probably 30-ish minutes eating uh, my late dinner and got to a point where I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't need this. I'm going to leave. The moment I started, I put my key back in the ignition, Johnny Ray pulls in. And I was like, well, this is going to be awkward because I still want to (laughs) leave. 
And so he got out and came up to the car and goes, hey, man, sorry it took me so long to get here, blah, blah, blah. Feel free to come inside. Guys should be here soon. And me being the piece of shit introvert that I am, couldn't get up the nerve to say, no, I'm going home. So I drug myself out of the car <laughs> and into the house. And then all of these strange men showed up in the house. Um, uh, cause what, uh, Abbott showed up, Brad, Ken, Josh, Johnny Holland. I think that was everybody. And then obviously Johnny Ray, myself and Jared. Oh, Chris. No, Chris wasn't there. I don't know. Nope. Oh, yeah, was he? he? Was. Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh yeah. No, he was, he got there. He got there. I think oh, he yeah. got there like last. Um, so all these guys show up. We're not going to talk about my thoughts on everybody because not everybody's in, in, in the show. But Brad, I mean, if you want to see Brad, his pictures on our website and our about page, he doesn't look like the person that you know. Him. Like if you you listen to Trevor, if you look at Brad's face while you listen to Trevor, you're going to think we're full of shit. That something somewhere doesn't line up because when Brad walked in, he still had that beard like he has. Like, I don't know if it was bigger or not, but he still has a beard and and he had like he's got a, a buzzed head and he's got he's a pretty stocky guy because he like he does does weights and stuff. Not as often now. And that's OK. Your life's busy. Say, at, at the time was when I was full boring do it and doing some crazy weight so and and, and, he, big and dude. he was he scared he scared me like he came in and i was like oh god like instantly i because i have well this is where i die <laughs> because because i have bad self-image i was like oh this guy's not gonna like me i was like i'm like i'm shocked he's even here to do the D stuff like and that's <laughs> that's the thing right all of these people were coming into this house to do D D, and every person i came in i was like they're gonna think i'm too nerdy they're gonna think i'm too seriously like in the fucking <laughs> yeah. environment you're in, like you're going to get judged for being a nerd while you're playing. Like what the shit, man? And then Ken, I think because Ken's so Ken has always he used to live. I'll let him tell more of this, but he used to live closer to Brad and everybody and has since like since I've uh, started playing with him, he's always lived at least like an hour away, but he still drives down because of the company. But I'm pretty sure Ken was in Orkin close. He still drives down because he likes the abuse. I think I know yeah. Josh was in his scrubs. Maybe Ken wasn't, but Ken's fucking tall. Ken, Ken, Ken was still a target at that time, I think. Oh, was he a target? No, I didn't, I didn't no. think so. No, because that was no, that was I, only I, three I, years I ago. On. Oh, because this this no, I was I was I was in I, I was at Silent Oregon. I got I got old man brain. So. This 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 daylight savings time this year will be the end of my third year and the marker of my fourth. The beginning of my fourth, I think. Hmm. Yeah, it has to be because Josh's campaign, Ken's campaign, your campaign. Okay, hey, you guys got better memories than I do. But <laughs> so the night goes okay. Um, as I just mentioned, we did it on uh, daylight savings weekend. But the night goes okay. Listen, I I'm I'm backing up. I was trying okay. to push forward because I feel like I'm word vomiting, but you guys will each do your own. Um, but Ken, Ken was super tall. Uh, he, I don't think you had facial hair at the time because Orkin didn't. I was very aggressive. Orkin no, didn't because let Orkin, you have it, you right? You had to have a, you, you had to have a clean yeah. face, which is bullshit. See, you could have a fucking porn stash. That was all that they allowed. See, the fucking 1970s, bitches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I. But, but I'm pretty uh, sure you still did the backwards I mean, hat. I, I'm 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 positive that your hat was on backwards because that is that's your yes. thing. No, 
That that was that used to be my thing. Now I re- I wear regular baseball hats and it doesn't it's happen as often. But when dad. I was wearing the patty hats a lot, yeah. Now touche, touche. I can't argue that. You're, oh you're, god! You're, I just shot tea out my nose. Thanks, uh, Nick. <laughs> you're a double dad now. I uh. <laughs> one dad. It's still acceptable to wear a backwards patty hat for fashion purpose, but uh, after two. Mm-mm. Game's over. Game's over. But yeah, Ken Ken was pretty intimidating just because he was tall and like like he was kind of mentioned there. He was kind of aggressive, not in a bad way, but I mean we're playing fucking monsters. Oh, I I think I think yeah, Anthony I, was I think there that, too. He might have been. Because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty yeah, sure he was, because he that was the night he played that slime, right? He played the bullshit slime and tried to kill me through a wall or some shit, maybe. Or maybe that was a different monster mash. We've done it a couple times. Know, someone played a slime that night. And I I don't know if it was him or somebody else. If somebody I, played a slime that <laughs> night, it was definitely <laughs> Anthony because he fucking trapped this, me and I couldn't get out and he fucking slowly killed me. But Josh was like, oh, night's over and let me win. This is one of the things that like Brad and I talked extensively before that one because we were like, what monster is going to give us the biggest advantage because so many of them have resistance to non-magical damage. And so Brad and I took the only two that had magic weapons, like that their their attacks counted as magical. Like we were being such douchebags. <laughs> like well, we're like, we're going to fucking win well, this. Because a lot of times we do these, we, we do these monster mashes as like a break from a regular campaign for like, it like we've done one shots for Halloween or like if somebody can't be there. And I think that this one was a Halloween. Was it Halloween? It could. It, no, because it was it was we, day, it was daylight it? saving. So I think it, it might have just been because you were I mean, you were getting close to the end of Brad's other campaign because the next weekend was the yeah. last night of Brad's campaign. Yeah, but e- either way. So we, we do these every once in a while. And usually whoever wins gets some sort of in-game reward. Like, whoever ends up with the most points. Like, I've given out extra hit die or, uh, uh, shit. What did I, there was something else that I did. But, like, I've given out stuff to, like, the first, the top person and the, well, in, and the second in, place in, person in, that I in, do something with. In, uh, in Own Dean, I got to pick from the deck of many things if I wanted to. Or, oh, or yeah, I got that a was, choice. That was I one. Could, there was, there was an item. I think you said you would just give me outright an item that you had like specifically picked or were going to build or whatever. Like there was a specific thing that you were like, I can give you this or you can pick from the deck of fucky things, which I was a wild, uh, magic sorcerer. And, um, we had picked a compendium of like 10,000 wild surge table from the internet that Ken found. Um, so I, I rolled with the chaos. I was like, yeah, no, the thing that is not definitely a good thing. And then it was a good <laughs> thing. I got I got like 10 grand uh, gold in like jewelry. And then that's how I gave uh, I gave the the necklace to to my my later to be wife in Ondeen. Uh, but are, are you good with your your intro? Or do you? Yeah, no, that's basically it. I was very intimidated. I told myself I was. Well, uh, so that's what I was going to say is that night was uh, daylight savings. So it was getting closer and closer. Like we I Johnny probably finally showed up 
between like nine and 10, I think ish somewhere in there. And so it was already late and I had done the improv stuff and I had helped like set up at the bowling. I like that was at that time. The improv stuff was a whole big thing uh, from all of us because we, we took more time and then my work got crazy. So I helped less, which made me feel guilty. But anyway, so I, I was already tired when we started. Then it got to be midnight and I was like, we got to be wrapping this thing up soon. And Johnny actually mentioned he was starting to get tired. And I was like, cool. If Johnny Ray's like wimping out, I can totally wimp out. Like I'm comfortable doing that. And then Josh goes, what do you mean? We go till four. And in my head, I just went, nope, uh, uh-uh, not happening. That's not fucking happening. And then Josh called out and he goes, and it's daylight savings time, which means we get an extra hour of game time. And I went, definitely not happening. That will not be a thing ever that I do. And so I stayed till fucking four in the morning. Uh, which felt like five because it was the day before. Um, and then I went home and I was like, I don't know. And then Johnny told us, uh, told uh, me and the other guy that like, it was cool if we wanted to come by again. And so I was, I made the decision. I was like, well, I'll see how I feel about it. So went. And it didn't Jen kind of force you to go in the first place. Well, yeah, like she, she was telling you that like I was texting her. I was like, Johnny's still not here. And I, and well, I, uh, even before I went there, I told her, I was like, Johnny, invite me out to do this. And she's like, well, you've talked about D and D before. And I just think like, I don't know, you'll have Johnny there and like, either you'll know people It won't be that bad. And so she convinced me I was, and she was like, just go see what it's like. And you can always leave if you want to. And so I went and I ate my food and then I kept texting her and she's like, well, maybe he'll, maybe he's just running. I don't know what he's doing. Like just stick it out. But if you need to go home, I I get it. And so she definitely um, like coaxed me into uh, exerting the energy to, to be around you people. Um, So, so thank you, Jennifer (laughs) and Johnny Ray. We, we appreciate both of you very much. And (laughs) I showed up the next weekend on on saturday and it was the end of brad's campaign and people were just like the the night lasted maybe an hour because brad's campaign just ended and we're like all right cool uh here's the information for the campaign we'll start next week and uh all right night everybody go make characters and then we all fucking went home because that was in somebody's i think it was at johnny's again and it was in his garage because uh, yeah, the, yeah, the other time he was house sitting, so it was at it was somewhere else. But that last night it was in Johnny Ray's garage, but it wasn't long. Like I showed up and was mentally prepared to try and excuse myself before four. I think it was done before midnight because Brad <laughs> Brad wrapped his campaign, and then we all just like everybody just left. I was like well, what the fuck is this group? Like, is it four or is it 30 minutes? Like, I don't know, (laughs) but I fucking showed up again and I I built my person and I didn't get to use him, but that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) So that is, uh, is my buildup. I was terrified of these two. And now here we are a year into a podcast. (laughs) Uh, so just real quick, I, cause, uh, I I came, ah, fuck. What? Yeah, it was, it's been uh, eight years, I think, <laughs> eight or nine years since uh, since I first met Brad, because uh, it was 2011. <laughs> I think it was 2011 that I, I first started coming down and I had just gotten out of a really bad, bad, bad relationship. Uh, and uh, I, I knew somebody else in the group. Uh, I I had met I, I met Brad once and he intimidated me in a Target. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it, it like so, cracks me up hearing that shit. <laughs> I know it, I'm sure it does, but you're a big fucking guy. I <laughs> uh, and so <clears throat> I 
I moved down really, you know, pretty close because I was living a little ways away at the time. I moved back down close. And then the first weekend that the, the other guy was like, yeah, why don't you come? We're playing Magic the Gathering. And I was playing Magic, be, you know, on my own with some people that I knew where I used to live. What, and so he was like, why don't you come and, you know, meet all the guys and you can, you know, we can play some Magic. I was like, cool. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. And so I go home from work that night. I get all like, I, I, I get dressed and like, want to look good so that I don't look like a fucking scrub when I show up and I just sit there and wait and I wait (laughs) and I wait and I never hear anything and I go to bed super depressed because I'm like oh this you know he told me to come but he never like he never texted me or anything so I guess I guess not I guess everybody just said no like we don't need anybody and then like the next day I passive passive aggressively said something about it he's like dude you should just fucking come over like oh okay (laughs) and so from there i i'm pretty sure that the next the the next weekend i came and we used to do fridays at the time and so it was friday i i go and i i'm pretty sure west i had rum chata yeah and i i took a shot of rum chata off of myself so that's fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, <laughs> yeah, memories. <laughs> I, <laughs> Goddamn cinnamon toast crunch tasting oh, shit. God, I, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, long story short, is I uh, Brad and and the rest of the people that we game with I. Uh, it, it definitely helped me get through probably one of the darkest times of my life uh, and kind of helped bridge my sanity gap uh, over to meeting my uh, now wife and uh, adopted son and now natural born son. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I got. Oh, yeah, that'd be me then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There are only three of us, and two out of the three have spoken. Oh, God. Well, uh, well, there's there's four of us, but Craig was kind of forced into this relationship, so... Right, right. <laughs> he doesn't talk much. Sorry, Craig. He doesn't talk much. That's what I like most about him. He's the easiest one of us to edit. Only one... Only, only says one sentence per night. Mm-hmm. So... We, we need an automated voice for when we roll for initiative. Like, something like, roll, 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 roll for initiative. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, Let's see. So, I think. So, the, so, so the other Johnny, Johnny Holland, that brought Ken in, I played... D&D with him and a handful of other people for a while and then we kind of stopped and didn't do anything for a bit and then we started playing magic and then he brought his brother-in-law in which is Josh and uh, that was pretty cool because Josh is a absolutely fucking amazing guy <sighs> who we tried to get on the podcast but uh, he's uh, super can, busy can confirm. super busy there is there is a perma spot open if he ever wanted to Agreed. join. He he just um, it's yeah it is it is for the best 
that he decided he was unable to though because he has been a front like frontline worker through all this 2020 yeah. chaos and he's been kicking major ass yeah. it's been kicking his ass but he's been kicking major ass and josh has a wife children two of which are small tiny children and he's a hospice nurse and he's a badass so uh, and, he's, and he's out there kicking ass he still shows up most saturdays and Half hangs dead. out till fucking four <laughs> and does some of the coolest shit that makes Brad currently Brad's eye twitch like a motherfucker and and uh, he's he's a very amazing man. Yes, I'm in love with him. Okay, I know that's what it sounds like, and and it's true. J- Jennifer knows it, and I want he's, the world to know it. He's very knowledgeable about a lot of things, it, and even it is surprising how it. often how often those things end up coming into the D and D world. Like there was one time that we were doing a one shot, and I think it was uh, I think it was Abbott who was running it, and he he said something about it was like a military train that we were on. And, and that there was military aircraft and blah, blah, blah. And Josh is like, oh, is it this or is it this? Because if it's this, then I can take fuel out of it and it, I can do this and this with it. And he's just staring at him like, oh, God, I don't even know. Like, just beautiful stuff like that that just out of nowhere uh-huh. he'll, he'll pull. <laughs> like in fucking Brad's. He sits there and he goes, how big are those spiders? Why? Cause, cause I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just asking, like, how big are those spiders? Probably about the size of a Doberman. Okay, cool. I want to take their web. Okay, you take their web. And then he just turns smiling and like clapping and he goes, all right, cool. And writes it down in his fucking inventory. And Brad's like, what? Why? And Josh goes, if, if they're that big, the diameter of their web uh, scaled up has to be about this big. Spider Silk has got super great tensile strength. I just got super titanium rope. And Brad's just like, no. And Josh goes, yeah, no, you said I could take it. And that's how science works. And just fucking writes it down. And, we're, and Brad's like, okay. So then Brad has to find creative ways to ruin Josh's fucking super weapons. <laughs> so he'll let Josh do something super cool the one time. And then he goes, ah, but it falls into a pit of despair. <laughs> what what is it, Ken? Solving your solutions is that? Is that what it yes, is? yeah. But yeah, yeah, man, man is man is a genius in in many forms of the word. Even though he won't admit to it, but yes, nope. he is totally. He's a very super, humble genius. At, at some point, at some point, I'm sure that Nick will will play this audio for him, and it'll be like, shut the fuck up. Yep. It'll probably be tomorrow. Yeah, probably. Anyway, yeah. So, 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 so Johnny brings is like, hey, you know, my brother in law wants to play magic. Uh, You guys mind if if I bring him in? Like, sure. I think there was like three or four of us with a couple stragglers that kind of popped in and out at the time. And uh, so we're like, sure. So he brings Josh over, and again, Josh is an amazing guy and hit it right off because he's an amazing dude. And uh, then. I don't know how long after Josh got there, but then Johnny again is like, Hey, I, I got this guy at work with this pretty cool dude. And, you know, and then I think I went, I don't, re- I remember going to target once. I don't remember if we were in there for something else and you just happened to be working Ken, or if he actually took me in there to say hi. <laughs> I, I don't know because your whole family was there. I, uh, well, it was you. It was, uh, I remember Katie and I remember you and Amber. I, I don't remember Corbs being there. Yeah, I don't know. But, I remember meeting you in Target before you actually came over, but I, I don't remember much past that. Back to old man brain. I don't expect you yeah, to. That's good. At this point. <laughs> that's good. My my brain does not function that way. Uh, so then Ken starts coming over and we're playing Magic for quite a while. And then 
Was it? Was it Abbott come, moving back that got us back in? Yes. The, so that's what started yeah, D&D because, again. That was that was a, a big moment for me because I had not played any kind of tabletop role playing game since I was like maybe my senior year of high school. Uh, and so, you know, I played magic and that was fine. Uh, but I, my interest in D and D had waned because, uh, again, the, the very bad relationship that I was in every time that I ever brought it up, it was, that's way too damn nerdy. You're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> Those yeah. are the reactions I and, expected uh, from the group of people who were doing the same thing as I was when I showed up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And, Nick. Coming, coming from the person who, D&D, who, you at, fucking nerd. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, around the same time got me into magic, which I think is, I mean, it's made by the same in, in fucking its own way, people. It's almost, like, like, I know. What the shit, lady. I know. Uh, I, so I, that was, and, but it was hard for me because I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to know more people. Like, mm-hmm. It's just us. Like we're the cool cats. We don't need more people. And I mean, it, so it, it took me a while to get uh, used to that. And it was all kind of like weird because you guys moved like three times. Yeah, we did very, in very quick succession there. Yeah, uh, that was chaos. So that was that was also kind of difficult. Absolute chaos time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it threw it threw me off the first time we gamed in Josh's backyard. Like I was so used to going to Brad's, and then you were like, "Yeah, we could go outside of Josh's." Like we usually do it. I went, Mm-mm, "Not a new place." Also, like I'm not like I'm cool hanging out with the new people that like we're we're getting along, but this relationship is still fresh. And now you're trying to take me to a second location, and I don't know if I feel safe yet. So I'm not. I don't know. And it was fine. I mean. I got I got ash on my laptop when I because I was trying to take notes and stuff. It wouldn't be fine now. I ain't about to half edit half D and D in 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 the in the Illinoisian weather. That ain't <laughs> that ain't the life I'm trying to live. Yeah. So so Ken shows up. We 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 magic for a while. Uh, another friend of ours comes back. And we start D and D again. I don't remember. We we put in what one or two games probably? Question mark. Before before Nick, maybe three. I uh, so it was Abbott's first game. Then, yeah, then Josh running Princes well, of the Apocalypse, well, no, so was, and then me running four games. Own Dean yeah. or Own Dean one yeah, You you ran Own Dean one point We hugged the World Stone. And- <laughs> And yeah. uh, and then and then it was like so like one session before the end of years when Nick came yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So it was like Which makes like me wonder campaigns. if the monster match was was because Johnny asked about bringing uh Jared and I in. And maybe you guys were just like There was some other reason. Yeah, there was something. There was some other reason. We, we were already planning it, and then he was like, Well, hey, since it's not a campaign, if if I recall. And then, and we I, were like, I do believe you are correct. We were like, yeah, hell yeah. And yeah, then, think- and then you met us, and you hated us, and <laughs> and everything went hole. to shit. And now we begrudgingly record a podcast then, together, but off screen so, we don't even like each other anymore. So, future Nick, I'm going to need you to cancel that part out because we don't like past Nick in that two seconds there. Future Nick, don't <laughs> listen to a goddamn thing you got to say. He barely listens to shit I have to say. 
But yeah, so so like four campaigns, and then we have the the monster mash, and and they show up, and Nick absolutely dominates everybody in the monster mash. No, no, that no, night no, no, and wins. no, no, no. That is not what happened. No, uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I mean, Nick, yeah. Nick got shit on repeatedly. Nick and wasn't dominated. told, and Nick wasn't told until there was like an hour left that. You could change monsters when you died. So Nick just played the same monster all fucking night and didn't even take into account that other people were switching. And I remember why the it, the magical weapon thing was because Josh told you guys what you were going to fight. Josh told you what the monster, the boss monster was. Because I remember that because I was attacking. I had to go and attack the boss monster. But it was resistant to anything non-magical, and my creature didn't have magical attacks. So I just fought playable characters, but it was my first foray into this, so I was trying my damnedest to fucking learn how to do this, and failing miserably. So I was sitting there just walking around, and then it got to my turn right before the end of the night, and Josh was like, so what do you want to do? I go, I don't know, I can't fucking do anything. He goes, boss monster's right there. It's like, so? Like, I can't fucking hurt him! I go, my attacks only deal half... Like, I, I haven't been able to hit him for shit all night. And so Josh eventually goes me into doing that. And I was like, I okay, fine. I mean, it's not like I can do anything else. So I rolled, I hit, and I think I did... Uh, I, I mean, it was minuscule damage. And Josh goes, well, you killed it. And now you have, like, 15 points. Because that thing had been on a murder rampage. <laughs> and then everybody went after me for 20 minutes. And I just, I just ran away a lot. Until I, I know I'm pretty sure Anthony was there because that's what happened is Anthony caught me and was trying to slowly he, he had like acid or some shit was inside his ooze and he was trying to slowly like suffocate kill me and I was trying to run away and I couldn't and then technically I think he should have killed me but then Josh was like well game's over anyway <laughs> and I won which I think was Josh's way of trying to get me to stick around and have a good time because I think yeah. you could kind of tell I wasn't being as I couldn't fucking hurt anything like I felt I felt pretty poopy uh, but then then I, I was handed a victory to me it feels that way I don't know that it happened that way that's what it feels like. And then um, I've actually dominated uh, Monster Mashes since then uh, for realsies because I know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> the, the last one, the last one that we did, <laughs> I, 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 I dominated fuck, that fuck, one. Fuck your salamander. And I feel really bad about yeah, you it. Fuck your salamander. Well, no, that was that was that was the first oh, one we yeah, did. That was, was the salamander. That was. That was the first one, uh, but the last one that we did, we were playing ourselves. Yep. Uh, like, our characters from the, oh, from yeah, the game yeah, we were running. Were. That's and, what that fucking uh, thing that was in my you, book is for. In my uh, fight club. That's what that fucking character, I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. But, I uh, because I... I ended up getting the random magic item and I got like the fucking staff of frost that you could do yeah, kind of cold with. Yeah. And just fucking destroyed wide swaths of shit around me. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, so so one day So so <laughs> we 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 continued to play D&D on the weekends together for a while and then like it's been brought up a handful of times about how cool it'd be to start a podcast and 
Yeah, play D and D. Because we we had dabbled with the idea of trying to record our regular game sessions on multiple occasions that we we had talked about that. Mm-hmm. Not just for podcast reasons, but like, uh, you know, like streaming them or trying to do something more with with our games. Uh, and then I it, around that same time I had gotten really big into like because I was driving a lot for work. And so I was listening to a lot of podcasts, uh, most of them D&D related, while I was driving around. And I was talking to Brad and Nick and, and Josh, especially about it. Uh, and and so that this is kind of what spurred these uh, these series of events. Uh-huh. And we, we talked about it and talked about it. And then, then it got like there was at least a couple of times where it, it got borderline serious <laughs> and then one day the oh, go ahead. the oh, I'm, I'm trying to uh so the day the day it got for real um was was it july it was somewhere around there i feel like I'm trying to pull up. We did this once in our in our chat where we pulled up. Um. June. June. Ah. June twenty seventh at six oh eight p.m. of twenty nineteen. <laughs> Brad created a group and named the group Things Question <laughs> Mark. And then Ken goes, stuffing things. And Brad goes, so, I wonder, what if we did like a three-man Friday night recorded game over PC and tried to do something like Patre- uh, like Patreon and whatnot? Just been pondering things. I think the shit we run is just as good as most of the stuff you hear. I don't know, lol. And I went, ooh. Because I was, I was not on board. <laughs> I did not. I did not in any way. Like, I... I got added to this group uh, without my consent. <laughs> Brad threw this idea out there. And honestly, okay, this is going to sound really bad. And I, I mean this in the nicest way possible. The first thing that popped in my head is I'm going to fucking have to edit that. <laughs> and ta-da! <laughs> and here we are. But but Brad did that. And I was like, well, I don't want to be the shithead to tell Brad no instantly. So I just went, ooh. <laughs> As in like, that's an interesting idea. Let's Let's just let it die here. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it didn't. So he continues saying that Josh doesn't want to do anything like that, but he figured it would just be us. And then Ken brings it up and he's like, but I don't get home till like 930. So Fridays we have to work around that and all this. Stuff. And then it just it just builds from there until like a few days later, we come up with a name and then I'm like, oh, shit, it's getting real. And then a few weeks later, Ken bought a fucking microphone and I was like, oh, we can't. I can't kill this now. <laughs> like there's there, there has been money spent on this idea and and now it's it's unstoppable and and then we had a couple nights where we just got on and shot the shit made sure that the internet could handle us being connected for a while um we had some test recording sessions i think we test recorded night zero a couple times before we had like a solid one uh, which is the one we uploaded i don't think i even have those because i wasn't saving them at the time um, I I don't think maybe I fucking who, who knows <laughs> they're probably buried somewhere but um 
Yeah, June of of 2019. And and is when this chaos storm ensued. And, and it was super spurred by a shitty day at work. <laughs> as as many such things are. It, it was but, just a real horrible day. I don't even remember what the hell went wrong that day. It was just a bad day, and all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I want to make a podcast. Maybe people, will jump, maybe these guys will do it with me. Let's find out. <laughs> uh, but when he when he sent the message, uh, you know, I I I haven't DM'd. I, I, I've DM'd for our personal group twice now. I. Uh, and I mean, before that had been a long time, but I, I used to I used to DM off and on for the group that I ran with. And we had kind of a shared world that we all ran within, which is why whenever we talk about Ondine, that was part of the, the world that I made when I was very young. And so I've had a lot of time to think about these things. And so I uh, the, the the kind of like base parts of Riven are from some <clears throat> ideas that I had for that world when I was younger. Uh, that time has given me a little bit more uh, experience and world knowledge to, to kind of create. Uh, but the, so much about Riven is, is based around dragons. And I am not typically a huge dragon fan. I don't really like to use them in games because they're very, they, they tend to be very tropey. Uh, it's like, and there's a dragon. You're like, oh no, it's a dragon. Let's slay the dragon. Uh, and so the, the ideas that I had for, for Riven being based around that was, you know, dragon stuff, but with a, with a twist that it wasn't just, you know, that dragons were around, but it was that they were tyrannical. And they ruled the world, and that. But something happened to to break that rule, and that that power that was used still scars the world because of of how much Umph had to be into it. And so that's where you know, kind of my my base ideas for Riven were born was that idea of of something so powerful being taken out and how it affects the world, and then what happens if that stuff starts getting pushed back in. Uh, which is where our heroes then, uh, quote unquote, answer the call. So speaking of your DMing and Ondine, so Ken's DM'd two home sessions of Ondine and his Ondine stuff is dark. And I don't... <laughs> it's, it's like stab you in the feels hardcore dark and... Be it's 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 like the witches from Left for Dead rip open your intestines yeah. or their intestines and and charisma you to make babies with the entrails dark. <laughs> but which is all born is all born from Event Horizon. Yeah, that that yeah. movie was a huge inspiration for that particular monster, uh, which is a pretty fucking dark movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it is. Maybe one of the darker ones that's out there, but like the on an emotional level, that I I like to push the characters to that point yeah. because I'm pretty sure at some point every every party member was questioning 
what the fuck they need, what they what they should do. I, more than once, yeah. It, thanks. Or if what they yeah. were doing was the yeah. right thing. Yeah, more than once. And I love I love being in that place. I love having people be in that place because that's a good story. That's where oh, yeah. the story is born. It's like Absolutely it, the amazing. moral ambiguity in the gray areas, not just the black and white, but what's in the middle is like, I, I, I think I'm saving this world, but is what I'm doing worth the, the end result? Do the ends justify the means as, as the trope goes. But I think that heroes charging into battle and winning over, over evil indiscriminately every single time uh, is boring as fuck. Agreed. And so I want to throw a little bit of chaos into it and see how everyone feels at the end. And at the epilogues for Ondine 2.0, I don't think that there was a dry eye in that entire fucking room. No, y'all stabbed me in the heart like five times. So don't say y'all don't say y'all like you weren't part of your own problems. You didn't have to go. You didn't have to leave her. Ah, ah. Like, so, so Ken stabs me in the heart and then like Josh and Nick both proceed to take that dagger and just twist it as they drive it deeper. Long, <laughs> long, long story short, Josh and Brad built characters that literally relied on each other. Josh was a fairy that had pissed off a god. And I was a warforged. Adjacent. That- got God adjacent. And lore that we found out later is that technically like Josh powered... Josh being tethered to Brad's warforged robot man is what gave that tin man a heart. So Josh could go only go within 30 feet. That was his punishment. He pissed off a fucking God adjacent person. And he, that, he tried that's to, what he had to do. He tried to steal a deity's puppet. And so therefore he was tied to a puppet. Which, mind you, Ken took this story and ran with it and looped it all back to where it all turned into a setup to get this team together to do the good things across the world to keep the bad things from happening to the world. It's a big, it's a circle. It's not a square. It's a circle. And it was glorious. Absolutely glorious. But by the end of the campaign, they had earned separation rights. We'll put it that way. Which? (laughs) And so Brad in the dark of the night decided to set the fairy free and steal away to go be a hero in other dimensions. And the reason that that he set the fairy free is because Josh's character was like the way he described her was very tiny Tina ish, very chaotic and whatnot. So she was always complaining about being trapped, you know, like it was her prison. So Row, which was my guy, felt real bad that he he felt like you know he was he was trapping her. So in his head, letting her free was a good thing, which she didn't want. She complained about it, but she didn't want it. And then he went to go off to to save the world through these other like jumping through these portals and stuff and doing big things. And then as he goes to leave, one of the NPCs that he was pretty close to through a good portion of the game. You you brought her back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it, not not yeah. like Brad specifically, but the party. The party did, but Brad we, it was Brad we, was heavily involved in and that. And she got killed and Brad I think it was I think it was Rose guilt that made us make yeah, that deal. It was cuz he said he'd protect her and then we left to do things and she got killed 
And at that moment, like Josh and I said, we're going to fight death if we have to right now, because fuck her. <laughs> we're we're going to get her back. And then the one who came closest to fighting Yanesh was me. So there's there's that. We had a very on again, off again relationship in the most um, dirtiest of ways in in all forms of dirty, both uncomfortable and uh, borderline sexual. But yeah, so I I go to leave and she stops me and and confesses her love. And uh, oh, man, which which mind you. For the audience, like a year and a half before this campaign ended, or like at least a year minimum, when she died, her house was in cinders. So we went looking for stuff to make sure she was okay. We wanted to see some sign or semblance that she was alive. My character came across a diary and we didn't find her. And I think maybe we had already discovered like she she had passed at this point. Because my character, I, I, there was a reasoning for why I went through her diary. So I'm pretty sure, like, we had found her, and then we were just looking for any other survivors. And I came across her diary, and I was like, well, she's dead. Maybe there's information in here, like, typical video game type stuff. It's like, oh, the bad guys were, ah. <laughs> and, like, that's just written in here. <laughs> and it scrolls off so the page through. in a scraggly line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I flip through, and near the end of the diary of the most recent entries is her talking about how she can't control her feelings for this metal man and she knows that it doesn't make sense and yada yada blah 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 <laughs> but I read it and then I was gonna I was gonna go tell him be like hey just so you know like boom then we brought her back to life and so my character went up and was like I believe this is yours ma'am and she goes oh did you yeah I thought you were dead I'm sorry and she goes but you haven't and I go nope and she goes please don't. And I went, I'll die with it. <laughs> and it didn't get brought up until the last fucking day. <laughs> and then Brad went fucking dimension hopping anyway. Oh, it killed me. But it was I, by far, I, I, I had a by far the hardest decision I've ever made in a D&D game. It, it fucking it, killed it was, me. It, because uh, Brad had approached me with this idea a long time before the end came that he's like, if I make it to the end, this is what I want to do is because there's this whole host of shattered realities that I have with there, there's these creatures called the world eaters that I have within my game that when the seed of the world is destroyed by by the evil deeds within that world, then it breaks a protective barrier that allows these world eaters to come in and ravage the world. And so their reality was the last reality that was left. And so he's like, if if we succeed, if Roe makes it to the end, this is what I want to do. I want to go with Avriel, who is the person that they've met that is is telling them all this information. I want to go with her to try to save to try to save other realities, to try to fix these things. And I was like, cool, but I'm going to try to fuck you. I'm going to try to make you stay yeah. because there's people who have a vested interest in you within this world. And so that and that was a long time after I had made those decisions for her that she was she was falling for him. And then lo and behold, we get there and I'm like, OK, this is that moment. This is where you're going to get hit. <sighs> and it's like these this is your choice. You can follow the path of the hero, which is what you have done, which is what the spirit that was inside of you did with their life. 
Or you could try to become I. a real e. boy. You've already done that, so you don't need to do it a second time, dickwad. <laughs> I. Or you can try and become a real boy. Or you can try to pursue a real life and maybe become the you know at least the embodiment of the spirit that was with that had fueled your soul. I. Uh, and so you made your decision. And I can't fault you for that decision. I just like to throw monkey wrenches in and see what happens. <laughs> oh, I can I can fault him for it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it, 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 it interesting things, because what if what if if Roe had said something to Hovid, would Hovid have gone with Carrie? If would he have taken Carrie with him to go and follow Roe and do the same thing? No. No? Roe can no. be kind of persuasive. <laughs> I, I know, but I I had I had my own promises to keep, and and I had I had so much fucked up brain stuff going on that I I by the end of that campaign I had consolidated my splintered minds into reconciliation with each other to the point where they were a newly formed little ho ho that had all the best bits of all three of them. Yes, even one Intel. <laughs> and and um he had he had a different outlook, but I I made I made a promise to Margo. And that that is what fueled my epilogue. <clears throat> is that promise that I made to someone that I had I had to this day I had to kill that woman. And it eats me up. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I mean, I did have a choice, but for romantic reasons, I had to make a very difficult choice within making that choice. And I mean, I don't know that I chose correctly, but I know that Margo wasn't completely shocked or upset by it because there was a note that she expected it. I found a note and it gave me I mean I got control of her baddies but it, it, it cut me so deep there was there was like this boss character that we had dealt with a couple times in the campaign and we were on like it was a final battle like huge all out war in the capital and I go strutting out into the battlefield as Ken had done stuff that broke my character mentally and so I had splintered into like a, a dark version of myself a regular version and then there was a shitty spell that got cast on him so we created a one intelligence version because that's what the <laughs> spell did it lowered my intelligence to one uh, for a few hours so the dark version goes out to make talkie talks with Margo who also lore wise is my aunt um yeah, you and we just kind of yeah aunt adjacent um <laughs> If I, aunt, if I was my blood, but by creation. Yeah, yeah. If if I wasn't a, I I I was playing a a homebrew race uh, uh, called a mannequin because I wanted to tie myself uh, to the world in weird fucky ways because everyone else had backstory ish ideas because they had done Ondine 1.0 and they they broke that campaign for Ken. <laughs> I didn't play that other one, so I had no ties. So I felt jealous. So I told Ken, I was like, this is what I want to do based on what everyone else said. And everyone went, you, God, no, why? Why would you do that? And I went, yep, I want to do it twice now. <laughs> Mostly um, because of so your terrifying I, picture. <laughs> so that's, that's what I, that's, that's what I did. Um, and 
So this this lady was the sister of the guy who built me, and I mean I had the bloodline magic in me from from the the olden kings, which were the the reigning family. Um, wrongly, rightly, who's to say? Uh, well, an olden we king sits on the Odinian throne now, so. Mm-hmm. We uh, so we we went to have very diplomatic. I mean, it was it was very regal. What happened? She had her army of skelly, undead, scary people. I had my ragtag crew of whoever the fuck was behind me at the wall. And us two generals, quote unquote, walked up to each other. There was other shit happening on other parts of the city. But on, on my side, we walked up and we talked and I was like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, you could be on my side. We could use your army. It would be great. Like, we can put your your dad. You were the oldest. He never gave you what you were rightfully owed. Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. And shockingly, she goes, you're right. But if we're going to do that, um, I want to continue the bloodline. I was like, okay, cool. And she goes, pure. And anyone who knows Blue Bloods knows that... Um, in incestual <laughs> children to to keep the bloodline uh, pure isn't that big of a deal when it comes to regality. Now, as Ken pointed out, I'm a magical creation, so it probably would have been chill. And Hovid, I mean, Margot, she she was pretty fine. However, I was romantically uh, intertwined with another, and that was a whole other can of worms. <laughs> she would have, um, she would have lightninged the fuck out of both of you anyway. <laughs> if you yeah, she, she, it. she was like, she was like a storm sorcerer build, uh, and she had all this other crazy going on, and we both had our own things, and our relationship had been through so much as it was. So, like, even if I tried to tell her, be like, no, it was, it was to save the people. That was something that I didn't want to wade through. And at the time, the dark me was at the helm. And then we called the session for the evening. So I sat on it for a week. <laughs> and then we came back and I was prepared to fight this woman whom in in a very familial way, I loved the character and I loved Margot and I, I didn't want to have to fight her. But I wasn't going to give her a kid. Not because she even said she goes, I, I need you to get me a child. And I just went, OK, I could do that. She goes, no, from you. And I went, eh, it's going to be <laughs> a little bit more difficult to do that one, that option that you said. So the n- next week rolls around and I tell Ken that is like I walk up to her. I like extend my hand and I go, OK, I agree. And she kind of she kind of looks and uh, everything goes fine and we shake hands and then um, I very dastardly uh, take my other hand grab my sword and I run her through and I leaned in and I said that um, he says to tell you that he's sorry because the nice version of me didn't want it to happen but he agreed that it had to happen because my fucking personalities talk amongst themselves inside my head, which is a whole fun thing to to role play by yourself for a week. Uh, and I did. I, I, I killed at her. And then I, I did. I had power of her army um, for a little bit. And it was it was helpful. Uh, but I still feel bad. But I promised her that I would get um, blood back in her rightful place, which was a specific um, like uh, uh, town city. City state, um, city state. Thank you. Um, there was one that she was supposed to rule, and so I told Ken 
that I know I can't just walk in and take over the fucking place, but I was like, I want to have kids. And we rolled for him. And my oldest was a girl. And I said, we're going to name her Margot. And I said, I want to groom her to take over the city state uh, when, when the time comes around. And we'll see how that plays out in Ondine 3.0. <laughs> um, All right. Well, let's let's uh, shimmy yeah. us back onto the ribbon one, rails. One quick thing. Uh, the reason why I brought that up is because with Ken's extremely good dark storytelling hopefully after Riven I can convince him to run us through Vampire or oh, World God. of Darkness World of Darkness right you say after Riven like Ken's not gonna slowly familiarize himself with our audience and we're just gonna slip into worse and worse <laughs> shit I mean that could be too anyways so yeah back back to the stuff that was that was all reason I brought I, it up. I do try really hard to keep Riven lighter uh, and except for St. Patrick's Day. Except for St. Patrick's Day. Then I tried to go full dark. Uh, Which is, we did ask for you off did. microphone. You did. Brad and I begged Ken to show his two colors. <laughs> and then he unleashed uh, six months worth of block. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I try to keep Riven lighter. I. Uh, and that's why I have some goofy characters that show up and, and dumb like d- dumb things like uh, the uh, Huey Huey, Dewey, Huey Louie, Dewey and Zooey Louie guards yeah uh. <laughs> like I had them like the random shit like that that for some reason just pisses you off that I anytime that I do a silly voice I know that I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking piss one of you off it's, it's not, not any time. It's just it's it's certain. It's certain. It, you pick the worst yeah. moment. It's, it's which, definitely which, situational <laughs> silly voices. In, which which honestly is probably speaks a lot more to Brad and I as people than to you, because Ken is trying to lighten the shitty mood and that we're he's like, put we us in. Hate this guy, <laughs> and it doesn't work. Like he's like, I know Trevor's dead, and I know all these bad things have happened. But listen to Goofy Man, who's going to charge you 150 a night. And I go, no, take this fucking severed arm, dickwad. <laughs> That's apparently my word for the day is dickwad. And, so- and then and then we kill a guard. So it's not it's it, it's, it's Ken's situational choice of things, um, which, again, is probably more on Brad and I. But that we'll, we'll say it's Ken's fault. <laughs> well, you know, I. But I, I think that it's a rich world of characters that have been created overall that you have. I, I There's a nice, uh, I think more than anything else that I've done, there is a very nice blend of NPCs that are around you. Some, some that are, you know, pretty faithful. Some that are, uh, you know, are liars or cowards or, uh, you know, nobility that like there's and it's just going to get kind of more rich from here because I have a whole. Oh, boy, I have a whole slew of characters to, to start throwing out at you here soon. But I, I where do we want to go from here? Do we want to talk about like your characters and how they came to the world and how they grew? How they have they yeah. grown over this year? Yeah. So why don't we have um, Brad talk about how uh, Trevor popped into his noodle? I'll do Harcos, and then we can um, pop them into Riven and scoot through some stuff. So Ken very vaguely kind of gave us the lowdown of what was happening, and I always play 
95 percent of the time i play something that doesn't use magic because i'm a terrible spellcaster and i was like you know what maybe i should do something with magic for once and so i was trying to think of something i hadn't played and i'm like ah, how about a cleric and so then I came across the Forge Cleric and I'm like, I started looking stuff up and I, I found like a, a, a half ass build to make a, a more melee focused uh, Forge Cleric. Be because what says caster more than hey, more than hey, melee build? Pseudo caster. Look, I, I had a so I, I played a, a mostly warlock slash paladin in in one of the campaigns and had an absolute blasty blast. So I thought maybe if I go pseudo caster. I could have a blasty blast. Never played a cleric. Decided to play a cleric. Found a more melee tanky focused. And, and honestly, I wanted to be a little more tanky rather than, you know, straight caster, because as a group, I, I enjoy playing the tank anyways, but I wasn't exactly sure how everything would go. So I find this build that gives me some decent DPS and still makes me tanky and allows me to, to cast, you know, spells and be supporty too and is is pretty pretty rounded and i'm like i start looking stuff up about forge clerics and like the they, everything that i found was very tropey like ah oh, blacksmiths blah 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 and i'm like i don't want to be a fucking blacksmith so i'm i'm laying around on the couch one day and i'm like man what can i do to this guy to not be normal <laughs> i'm kind of looking at backgrounds and i find the the noble background i'm like oh I can make him a snooty rich guy. And I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't like playing snooty. Uh, so I'm like, well, I like noble. I like the, the bonus it gives you to where you can, you know, you like no people, which I haven't used yet, but it's going to happen eventually. But it's like where you have connections to, to that. stuff. I'm like, yeah, it sounds pretty good. Now, how could I do this? So then it kind of flowed from there. And I, I started writing like, like what? What would be cool? What what could be forge adjacent that isn't isn't a, a blacksmith? Like what could it? Fucking pottery. Let's make this dude a <laughs> fucking pottery maker. So I start looking shit up, and and I find the, this tin glazed terracotta, and I'm looking things up. I'm like, that's it right there, Trevor. And I am Trevor Ironjaw, forge cleric and renowned pottery maker, portrayed by Brad Konauer. Trevor's tin glazed terracotta. <laughs> yeah, he sells a fucking and pottery thus, shop. Alliteration in this world was born. <laughs> I'm like, he runs a fucking pottery shop. Dude's dude's a forge cleric and can make stuff. And he's just always been really good at it. And like, so we, I think I think Ken and I talked about like his he, he asked me, like, how do you get into it? And it was like, well, he doesn't. He doesn't care so much for his parents because they're the like snooty people that think they're better than everybody else. And so they sent him off to like train to be a blacksmith. And he was like, he learned all this stuff. And then he takes over the shop and makes it a fucking pottery shop. And now he's kind of like the, the fucking, uh, you know, the the black sheep of the family because <laughs> he didn't do what they wanted him to do, even though I still wanted to be like famous uh, in a sense. So like. I said that his stuff was, you know, it was always it was fancy. It was like collector quality. So there was people that have collected it and sold it. But since he was a very humble guy and he wasn't the, the rich guy that was in it for the money, he still made stuff like he, he sold things for, you know, the right prices. So like even grandma could buy things. And uh, so then it just kind of went from there. And then, of course, 
you can't have a super amazing like I'm happy backstory because who wants to become an adventurer out of that? So he had a minor bad happen that kind of ended up in a good anyways. So that was that was how he came along. I, I think that the uh, going off the trope for it's not a blacksmith, but you do something that is, you know, blacksmith adjacent. I think that that's one of my favorite parts of Trevor <laughs> is that you don't you don't adhere to the typical on on that because it would have been very easy for you to just be like, well, Trevor is uh, a blacksmith. Yeah. He used to make he used to make arms and armor for this place. And he's, uh, he's this big burly guy. And he's like, yeah, I make I make weapons for oh, but no, it's it's Trevor Ironjohn. I make pottery, <laughs> as, as, especially with his his uh, bleeding into the nobleness, because you could have just you could have done it that he was still really famous for his weapons and armor are just the freaking shit. And he's been supplying like lords and ladies and kings and like people all over the fucking place. And so his family just got that's that was their family shtick. And Trevor just happens to be in charge of right. it now. And that's why he's noble and popular and still a blacksmith. Like you still could have built all the same stuff and been that that stereotype. But <laughs> and, you, you and, and I, sorry, go awesome to wait. I like from double it. broke out of it because one, he's not a blacksmith, and two. Trevor doesn't look like an adventurer. <laughs> yeah, no. he's like late thirties with a comb over, and he and and he talks. You know, he talks rather nice. I, I would I'd like to think that he talks kind of nice. Um, but this does not sound uh, like a guy who's going to come up and uh, smash your face in with a hammer. So, <laughs> uh, I was totally going to make a comment about something, and now I can't remember. Sorry. So thank you, <laughs> motherfucker. I uh, Parkos. But, or yeah. Nick, I get I, I'm not referring to you as your character because you are not playing Harkos right now. Uh, why don't you talk about your inspiration? So th- I feel the uh, the same way I do now as I did on Night Zero when and, and even before then when we were telling backstories. I feel so lackluster <laughs> compared to Brad, because again, I was staving off putting any effort into this fucking podcast as long as I could. <laughs> Because, because, and at at the point that we were building characters, it wasn't even so much that I didn't want to do it anymore. Like I was getting excited. It was I didn't want to put effort into something that we were going to have like three people listen, and we were going to make fifty fucking plus episodes, and then a year later we're like, are we still really doing a podcast? Like, if if we were ever going to quit Riven, we we like knowing the story too much we would never be able to do it until the campaign was over and i'm not saying that that's a plan no, like we're definitely no. we're we're in this podcast for the long haul but if if we weren't the small bit of popular we are now brad and i still wouldn't be able to fucking kick this thing until we got the story and it's not like we're just gonna not like if we're gonna get on the computer and run this campaign even just for us we might as well fucking record it so there was just part of me that was worried we were gonna put in all this effort and then not go anywhere. So Brad got really excited. He had his character together like like that. Like he said he had to th- he thought about a bunch of stuff and he did. But there was just one day that Kim was like, OK, here's the campaign idea. And then I think like two or three days later, Brad just like, boom, wall of text in our chat. <laughs> and it was all of Trevor's shit. And I was just like, oh, my in God. fairness, I've also been doing this stuff for like 20 freaking years. And okay, and, but my- and backstory is one of my favorite things. <laughs> 
Well, it's one of my favorite things, too, which is why I felt so shitty about Harkus's backstory, because look at the backstory I had for Ted in Josh's oh. campaign, and then Hovid, Hovid and Ken's was a little uh, lacking, but that was on purpose. Like, I, I definitely... Right. I mean, I, I didn't know my backstory on purpose because of reasons, which we're not going to go into owning again. Um, but so with Harkos, I mean, and even H- Hugh Mansley, like, I didn't even get to play him very long. I, I typed, like, four <laughs> pages of shit for that man. Uh, well, that Promethean. <laughs> that man adjacent. Um, yeah. He, I mean, he was uh, he was at least a few good men worth. Um, <laughs> he was the Frankenstein's monster in a World of Darkness campaign that didn't come to fruition. Because um, Brad beat the big bad on night two. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Harkos... I because I've done so little D&D so I did so the first little taste we went we were going to do a world darkness campaign but the DM uh, you're supposed to just do like one book and he wanted to just say pick from whatever book you want and it was a little overwhelming for him so that campaign fell through so that was my first character was I picked a Promethean from from the world of darkness stuff second campaign I picked uh, a druid because uh, I I did a shifty druid uh, because I was like ooh that sounds really fun like shifting into things and it was I had a great time second character for Ken's campaign I decided to be a caster uh, because people said like Brad is as he mentioned avidly against casters for the most part just because he doesn't want to to deal with all of the the hullabaloo um, but casters seem kind of difficult so I wanted to test one to see if I would want to do other casters and like maybe do that thing and honestly I think I like casters a lot having done the sorcerer which uh, I know is um, not as castery as like a warlock or wizard is but it was a decent uh, jumping off point I think and I did a little casting of my druid but I haven't done many classes. I'd only done Druid and Sorcerer. So I wanted to do a class for the podcast that was new, but I didn't want to do one that was like too intensive because I thought about doing another caster like a wizard or something because I, like I said, I do think I, excuse me, I do think I like them a lot. But I didn't want to take something that I was going to have to have my nose in like a player's handbook <clears throat> for every move I wanted to do or whatever. So I went with Monk uh, because the key is kind of caster adjacent. Uh, the stuff you get to do with your key and then it's a punchy boy and I I mean I did a lot of melee stuff as my druid because my that's what you do with your creatures um, but I haven't really done uh, um, a melee character too much um, my one in Kin's campaign uh, near the end I was doing like half melee half casting uh, because he gave me a really boss weapon uh, well I earned and like upgraded this weapon but anyway so that's what made me choose monk and so because of that Ken gave us a little freedom to world build so I was like well I want to I'm going to have him come from a monastery because I don't know what else would make sense so I did that and then honestly I was just looking into uh, all kind just every I was just scrolling through online of all the uh, races because uh, Ken didn't want us to do too much homebrew stuff so we didn't upset anybody if we had like some uh, game breaky thing because we roll with it really well but we understand that not everyone's cool with some of the stuff uh, we do like even our crit rule we know that it might be wishy-washy with some people um, but it's not it's not as crazy as what we do in Brad's <laughs> campaign but Brad is trying to make us feel like superhumans um so I rolled with Monk and then I was looking at stuff and I was like, you know what? I want to be a fucking Aarakocra. 
It's like, I think that would be cool because then I, and at first it was because I wanted to be this big, scary monk. Like Harkos is going to be this big eagle motherfucker. And he was going to he was going to talk different and he was just going to show up and have this uh, like presence that put people off and not even thinking about the fact like that the monstrous thing, because in, in Ken's world, the monstrous races are looked on as feral not even thinking about that factor just the fact that it was gonna be this bird person that showed up and his body was a weapon when it needed to be but then the more i thought about it i was like i i thought i have trouble playing those characters anyway i had trouble doing the dark version of my character in ken's other campaign so so to make this big beefy guy i i need to get more in tune with my D&D self. I, I still think I'm too young in d and I do a decent job, but it's because I'm doing stuff I'm familiar with. I need to get better at stuff I'm unfamiliar with before I go jumping off. So then I wanted to tone him Harkus back and I fucking love owls. So I was like, what if I do an owl? I'll do an owl a Kokra because I saw a picture online and it looked amazing. And so that's what I rolled with. And then from that point is when I decided um, owls are still kind of scary but they can also be like really pretty and they're supposed to be like wise and they're like really cool and like burrowing owls can be timid and stuff. And so that's what I started to kind of build this around is that yes, they're like these birds of prey, but you don't see them very often. And they're very, they're very like secluded. And I mean, they're, they're also nocturnal. So you don't fucking see them all the time because you're used to sleep. But I built from there. And then for whatever reason, I think it was because Ondine was still fresh in my head. I liked the pirate thing. And so I almost had Harkos um, be raised by pirates. Uh, but instead, I rolled with uh, what if he was just part of a shit deal, which would then help me build into the <laughs> my typical trope of having uh, a weird parent relationship, <laughs> if at all. And so uh, that's when I decided that Harkos was supposed to be uh, a dragon egg being sold to these people and again not thinking about Ken's campaign I was just like yeah people would totally make a deal for a dragon egg and then when an alacoker hatched out they'd be pissed so had the pirates drop him off at the monastery and were just like you take care of him and I wanted to give Harkos the option to kind of have more than just the monk in his mind um, so I talked with Ken and we said that the pirates still visited every once in a while and Harkos would go and like screw around with them and stuff. And um, that's how I was able to swing Harkos actually having a criminal background because I didn't know what background to give Harkos with everything I was building. And so like Brad, I haven't had a chance to use the criminal one yet, but I have a feeling as we get into the meteor uh, portions of this campaign now that it's going to come in, in handy. But it also can can agree that it made sense. Like Harkos hanging out with the pirates. There could be people that have heard tell of him or I could I mean, the, however it rolls out, there could be one of the fucking pirates is on a different crew now. And I walk up and they're like, yeah, you're that fucker from Okaido, aren't you? Like, oh, yes. And me and my cobalt girlfriend, isn't she fake? Let's not let's change subjects. Um, uh, But it's. It was, it was definitely, I mean, I did a 180 on him, similar to Brad, but Brad had an idea and then he tried to switch it. Whereas I had an idea and I didn't try to, I just, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to capitalize on my original idea. Um, hello, I'm Marcos Pissarro. I'm an alacocra monk from the sanctuary of Okaido and I am portrayed by Nick Simpson. And, and you've been talking about that you're kind of like pseudo interest in a monk for a while before we started planning this. Cause I, I think that at the time you were, 
you were considering a monk for one of our personal games. Yep. Uh, and so that you you funneled that energy into this instead. I was thinking about doing it um, for for Brad's campaign, uh, yeah, like yeah. running running monk stuff on his. Um, and then when this came up, I was like, "Well, shit, I can do that." And then uh, th- this gave me the ability to do two characters because I'm doing Bard. Well, source a lock Bard now, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, not just source a Bard because the warlock stuff is from Brad's level ten thing. So, um, but um, I'm I'm diving heavy into bard and and our saturday game and i'm doing monk here and it's been a good time and um meeting the underground oracle has been uh phenomenal because harkos was going to be um i didn't know what monastic tradition to take uh as i was trying to like kind of play in harkos's future and ken was like well i mean you're not going to get there for a little while and the way we're doing level ups like we're not going to do experience or whatever it's going to be kind of milestoney that ken was just going to tell us okay go ahead and ding now or as happened a few episodes ago we dinged twice because a lot had gone down and there just wasn't downtime for it um so i was i hadn't made a decision then finally i was like you know what i want to do uh, like the drunken master stuff, the way of the drunken fist, I think is what it is. Um, and Ken was cool with it and we hadn't really had much experience with it. So I was like, cool, that'll be fun to, to do that stuff. And I was looking into it and it was really cool. And then conveniently, like right before we were going to hit the, I, like, I don't think we knew, I don't, I don't think it had happened yet. And obviously we didn't, Brad and I didn't know it was coming, but a couple sessions before we dinged to where I was going to pick that monastic tradition um, underground Oracle put out the way of the torn thread. And I started looking at that and I was like, that's Harkos. Like I've talked about how he's had this like aversion sort of like he's, he's been appreciative of the monastery and everything they did for him because who knows what would have happened if Harkos would have even survived uh, without the monastery. So yeah, he's appreciative of it, but he did not have a good, Upbringing. I mean, Eric Coker's age quickly. So Harkos is like, I think five, maybe. Yeah. Um, but he did not have a, a pleasant relationship with everyone at the monastery. So it makes sense that he's, he's learned as monks do how to be a weapon. And rather than be defensive about it or anything, he, he's exploiting it. He's letting this inner rage that he he bottles because he wants to be nice. And he wants to see the best in people. And then we get in these fights and he becomes unbridled. And, you know, eventually that, as it does for me, is probably going to bite me in the ass. I'm going to have some fucking character break and it's going to be a hell of a time. But until that happens, I'm enjoying um, the character building that it's it's allowing me to have. Um, and I like how Harkus's mood and attitude has been growing into that uh, organically like it's not been forced and it just it makes sense for all of this to be in this melting pot together uh, which I mean comes down to all of us it? like to my RP and my ability to build into that character and Ken's world building and story building like all that shit and fuck we're a year into this podcast that's it which I mean that's a lot of time but it, I mean we it, we're in town uh-huh. too we're in it town like, two, about to, about to be in boss fight two, uh, like at current, like it's it's. It felt like Iron Forge was a campaign in itself. It really did. Iron's Edge. What I say? Iron's Edge. You say Iron's, Iron's Forge. Forge. Oh god! <laughs> Whoops! You fucking weirdo. That's that's in a different timeline. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the dark timeline. <laughs> I. Ugh. 
I uh, so a c- couple of things because uh, we we have a lot of NPCs that you guys have been really close with, and uh, I th- this is one of those classic examples of I. Uh, players taking an NPC that they meet that did not have intentions of making a big thing of and then the players are like nope we're adopting him (laughs) and we're gonna make him something and because uh, Trevor the first person that he meets when he walks up to Iron's Edge is Phil suppose I'll go uh, go wait in line tap the last guy on the shoulder and be like oh Trevor Trevor Ironjaw. Oh, uh, hi. Uh, name's, name's Phil. I, and and so this character that I just, you know, created as kind of like a, he was an exposition machine is like, oh, well, they're, you know, giving us 10 gold per kobold or 10 gold per monster that, that we're able to kill. And I, you know, but you're, I'm here for money. Why else would I be here? You know, like that kind of thing, kind of introducing the attitude and, and the, the, uh, the purpose of, of the work uh, of Iron's Edge and, and what you're doing here and turning him into now your longest running companion. And I also think that it's interesting that, that, Phil has technically been a part of the show longer than uh, Harkos has. <laughs> By like 30 seconds. Yeah. By like 30 seconds, but still. <laughs> I mean, it's it's entirely... Uh, all right, you know what? I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, that'll be it for me, guys. Uh, these <laughs> no, two and you. Phil will... <laughs> you. But it, it, no, I think it's... Has. With, the, the other funny it, thing about it is, is that I... Nick, you're the one that really made Phil important, even though you know Brad. Even though no one else wanted, him. <laughs> uh, because Brad, Brad interacted with him first. I uh, kind of you know interacted with him more to begin with, and then you're the one that was like, okay, no, uh, this is my person now. He is he is going to be my friend whether he likes it or not. Yeah. Uh, so I. Uh... As the the listening audience will know, I've I've gone back through um, mainly episode one and I grabbed some clips to kind of refresh our memory uh, for all those who have been with us for a year or even if you haven't been here for a year, but you've listened to our year of crazy. Um, So I've been uh, uh, presumably future Nick, if you've done your job, asshole, (laughs) I didn't mean it. Um, There have been clips in here of of some of these uh, situations um, and will be. I guess technically we're only just now getting to the rhythm stuff, but there will be clips of, of some of this stuff happening. And when I was like skimming through looking for stuff, it's so Brad talked to Phil first and it, it was very much just exposition-y. Um, but then we went to, we eventually got to the sparring yards. Uh, I honestly think it probably subconsciously was seated in my mind to baby and take care of Phil a little bit because I kicked his ass in the <laughs> initial sparring match. Like Phil, Phil is who I got put up against. Trevor got put up against Brad. <laughs> Random name Strange. generator. That's that's how that comment went. Um but I got put up against Phil and I I walked all over him. And Nick was shocked. Nick did not expect to do that. Like I figured it would be more like level-headed, but I I beat the shit out of Phil and I I felt bad out of the gate. And so I think subconsciously that that initial sparring match 
somewhere Nick and Harkos just latched on. I was like, well, we'll we'll make sure you're safe. And then I put him in fucking harm's way to keep, <laughs> to keep him keep safe. Him safe. So. <laughs> He's almost died a few times now. I get, yeah. He's starting to get stronger, but I mean, when you guys took off from Iron's Edge with him, he was underleveled, which he still is, but his hit points were significantly lower than yours at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but the higher hit die have definitely started to pay off because I think that he's right in line with you guys now, even though he's a level behind. Right. Uh, so he's he's taking that a little bit more. You know, he can he can take, a, you know, the same kind of damage that you guys can. And he has that little bit of a, a group heal that, you know, has has helped a few times. But uh, again, it's just really interesting to take a character that you I had no intention of making anything. Uh, and now he is one of the big three that's running around owning. Or not. Oh, fuck. Uh, that's running around Ribbon. <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> Woo! This is this is what happens. Yep. They're all blended in my mind. Head, head canon is that that uh, Ribbon exists on the same planet that, that Ondine does. Uh, but... That's horrifying to think about. <laughs> uh, oh, you guys remember when the fucking World Eater came a while back? The the what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, don't worry. Those orphans took care of it. The who? <laughs> what is... What's going on? Did you hear about the... Uh, Trevor, I'm about afraid. the war over on the other continent? Excuse me? I was so worried about the dragons. What are all these other terrible things? But I when when I was initially planning the this whole starting town that you were in that I I, and I still have it that there's I have a long list of NPCs that you could have interacted with there that had different. And and, and we always talk about dominoes because there's uh, three people who had storylines that you could have possibly tried to tried to get into but that just you know dominoes didn't fall that way so you didn't really interact with those people uh like the guy who ran the the general store you only visited it one time and it was as you you were getting ready to leave that there was something that i had made for him uh what yeah don't tell me this shit. Well, too late now. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? The guy in the fucking general store? Get the fuck out of town. No, I no, I refuse your reality. It's false. <laughs> I. But one of he's the, just trying to upset us, Brad. Yeah, Don't yeah, let him get I to agree. you. I. But my my favorite characters that I created were I uh, I uh, Selena and Puffles. So, uh, but there's a couple of people that look more. Adventure-y. Uh if if that's is that a, a word. Is that a word? <laughs> um, there's a <laughs> it's a word now. There's a, a an elven woman that is a little darker skinned, like not black, but almost like a bluish tint to it, with really dark hair. Uh the thing that is very disconcerting is that sitting on the hay bale next to her is a very large wolf spider. Uh, oh. nope. I'm out. Nope. I leave. I fly. I go back to the sanctuary. I'm done. <laughs> Campaign no over. <laughs> I am now a, nope. a sentient giant boot, and I will come back and kick the shit out of that spider. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, uh, I second that. And she, she, uh, she has a longbow strapped uh, across her back. Uh, and the other, the other person uh, that would catch your eye is that there is uh, a, a a large cat person uh he actually has the the head and face of a lion with uh, a more like a human body uh that he's uh dressed uh like has robes on it almost you know looks like a scholar of some sort he's robed and uh has a, a large book strapped with chains onto his side uh oh, that's fun those are probably the two that i made that I I kind of fell in love with right away that as, as I was developing them. I uh, oh man, where is there it is? Uh general store shopkeeper named Tanner. He's a human male. I uh, nope, I'm not gonna. I, I could tell you, but I'm not going to. I was gonna say you, you you can try and convince me all you want. I'm I know you're good on your feet. So you're just coming up with it off the top yep, of your head. Yep, I don't even care. Yep, that's that's it. I already refused your reality. It's it's fine. Like it's not doesn't exist. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Yep. I uh, I'm still upset, Brad. Shh, don't <laughs> tell him that. <laughs> I but but Selena, I've always liked Drow, and uh, I I've always uh, I've always liked pet rangers. They're my favorite class, uh, and I'm not a huge fan of how D and D Fifth Edition has treated them. But you know, it is what it is. I uh, it, it's always been my favorite class. Any any kind of pet related class is always something that that is one of my go tos. And so I uh, th- that's where Selena was born. Is I like drow elves and I like the idea of drow elves that break themselves off from society to uh, from their society. I uh, that, that kind of like Dredst in some of the Forgotten Realms novels uh, and and various other media that that has portrayed drow that kind of go against their uh their nature i guess is whatever you want to call it that their society that uh hates the surface and i her story that i wrote uh her riven tales is probably my favorite one that i've done uh and it was the first one that i did i mm-hmm. uh, just because it's it it shows her break from that and kind of her attitude towards it is like why like why would I hate these people that I've never met I I live a good life here I, everybody else seems to I mean this is what we live in why is there anything wrong with it why is there anything wrong with the people up there I uh, living their own lives not hurting me and then she goes and meets you Chucklefox <laughs> I want to slowly approach the elven woman Mm -hmm. like cautiously and and when I get close I want to be ma'am ma'am excuse me see she kind of just slowly turns her head over to you I don't wish to alarm you but there's a spider next to you on the hay bale (laughs) (laughs) She 
Oh. She she reaches over and she like kind of pets the right above the the eight eyes of the spider. <laughs> and it yeah. it awkwardly kind of pets the side of her head back with one of its its front oh. legs. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see. Thank you then. <laughs> Move away from her in a so, very awkward, quick fashion. <laughs> I would like right. to help a different <sighs> clown. Oh, good lord. Oh, it's disturbing. I, but Puffles is, I, I, <laughs> I'm not sure where Puffles started other than uh, just that, you know, Aslan from Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. <laughs> certainly, certainly not a wizard, but certainly a badass lion. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I want a lion person because, and again, it's like, you know, a Khajiit, it's a cat person, not a Khajiit. God damn it. Tabaxi. Uh, tabaxi, they're, you know, they're cat people. So why couldn't it be a lion person? And I, I, I don't think that uh, Tabaxi lend themselves very well to being a wizard, but I, I think that those interesting combinations that you don't expect right. are where some of the more interesting stuff happens. Yeah, totally agreed. And, you know, it, it, if every time that you played an elf, they were a wizard, your brain can only formulate so many different combinations of how that shit happens. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I've never played a, I've never played a tabaxi I uh, and I with how long our games run, I'm not really expecting to get to it at any point in the near future. Unless we churn through as many characters in Tomb of Annihilation as, as I was gonna as, say, you you're you're giving yourself a lot of credit for Josh's campaign. <laughs> uh, Josh gets very attached to the characters that we play. <laughs> he does. I think he's going to have to fight his own nature uh to keep us in danger. That rhymed a little bit. <laughs> Uh, so we'll, we'll or see. he's just going to have tons of crazy little side quests on how you can res your friend if you want. Yeah. And then it's going to be up to you remaining people. Like if I were to die, it'll be up to like you, Brad and Katie and Anthony and Jillian and all them to, to go through that process. Meanwhile, I'll create a new character that will then join <laughs> you. And then Josh will be like, all right, so you're revived. Now my spirit doesn't want to come back. I'm attached to the new guy now. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's kind but of we the... spent all this time uh, too fucking bad. That's kind of the shtick with, uh, uh, Tomb of Annihilation, though, is that like people can't come back, and the mm-hmm. people who have in the past like become ill. Uh huh. That they yeah, that's that's what fucking happened because he's he built it off of his Strahd campaign that he's running. Yeah, that he he and and he <laughs> did that to some of our fucking NPCs we're attached to. Like, oh, I don't know, my wife <laughs> and one of my children. <laughs> So that's that's solid or two of my ch- I don't know how I, I'm just I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I damn it I lost my place. Oh, you were, ta- you were just talking about yeah. uh, I So again, it was just like finding that interesting combination, and then as I kind of like worked through where he came from, I, I became a lot more interested in him. Uh, who doesn't like a lion that can throw a fireball anyway? Then that's fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, when he can actually throw, when it. he can actually throw it, poor, poor, poor dude doesn't have great roles sometimes. 
a lot of times. Mm. But my my sleeper hit uh, is Jorik. Uh, and I, the way that I introduced him, which I'm sure that you have the clip set aside for, uh, yep. is, and then you hear loud, powerful footsteps. Oh, it's thud, thud, thud. And then the curtain gets pulled away on either side. And there is a halfling dressed in full <laughs> plate armor. And you Man. you look at him and he's, he stands there for a second and he like looks around and everybody's like, because everybody else is reacting the same way. They're like, wait, what? And he roll. you see he rolls his eyes a little bit and he walks over to the right and he pulls back another small curtain and there's just a dude sitting behind the curtain with big boots hit, was was hitting them on the ground. Oh. And he's, oh no. This guy picks him up oh. and says, Get out of here! You're not supposed to be in here! I told you to stop! The, the way that I introduced him I, I was one of the first things that I thought of. I was like, this is going to be kind of stupid funny. It's just like having this big theatrical thing going on and these big heavy footsteps like some badass is going to walk Which... out from behind that curtain. And it's just this little like three foot tall dude in heavy ass armor. With <laughs> Which I want to call out. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in the clip. Um, if not, I guess I just created more work for Future Nick because I want it in the clip. So chop, chop, motherfucker. Um, the <laughs> I got to give myself some props to my editing because like how it's evolved. Because <laughs> you say you call out that there's these big booby footsteps and you're like it's like boom 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 and I know that I'm still using the same website for sound effects that I used in that episode except now I have a, I have a subscription to it so I get I get different I get the gold sounds and I can do it in wave format and stuff um but uh I just pulled down like a footstep stepping on wood, I guess, and tried to make it sound as good as I could. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Like it, you, you're like, there's these big booby footsteps and you just hear boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and I just had it go like left, right, left in the, in the headphones and stuff. But it's just, it is just the set. I honestly, what I just did on the table is probably louder and more boomy than what I did in the fucking moment. <laughs> And now I have moments where I'm like making fucking magic effects and the like I, I got dragon noises in Harkus's nightmare and like there's all kinds of crazy well, that I've been able to, to pull and throw into places. It, it's one of those uh, like it. you look at where all three of us were on that first episode and we uh, I would say that I was definitely a lot more timid than I am on current episodes. I I, mean, I was oh, nervous. Yeah, we as all were. You can you can so tell. <laughs> I was nervous as shit. This is the this is the first time that we're recording an actual play thing that people are going to be listening to. And it's like, I, fuck. What if the st- stuff that I'm saying is fucking dumb? <laughs> like, what people? I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, who, mm-hmm. who the fuck am I? I'm some schmuck from Illinois that's trying to make a goddamn actual play D and D podcast. Like, but it's 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 the same. 
to, to anyone out there, whether you're thinking about doing this or you're going to go do the YouTube thing or you're, you want to like write a book, whatever you want to do, whatever your dream thing is, even if it's go do some nine to five job, if that's your fucking shtick fucking more power to you and and fucking go for it and i'm sure you've heard this countless times but we we can all attest to this because it's what we went through that first episode if you go back and listen to it first of all like don't ignore the quality of the audio being different because <laughs> there's a lot of train boss noise in that episode <laughs> that i was very unhappy with it technically i could probably go back and remaster that episode not gonna do it it's a lot of fucking work not, it's not gonna happen i like i like seeing the whole path that we traveled that's what i'm gonna stick with that's why it's staying not because i'm lazy um but with everything you're gonna this is not gonna be the greatest advice because it's gonna sound it's gonna sound poopy but with, with everything you're gonna be scared out of the gate and you're gonna be worried about what people are gonna think and what's gonna happen and what if i fail at all this eventually much like us three did you're gonna get to the point where you don't give a shit anymore you get that way in uh, at jobs. Uh, we got that way in the podcast. You'll get that way if you're doing you like obviously you're going to care to a point like you don't want to piss people off and you don't want to do something that's just making people mad. But honestly, like I said, we're at the point where even if no one was listening, we're still going to make the podcast because number one, we need the campaign to, to finish. But I mean, we're having a good time and it's it's not like it, it takes too much time for us to do this shit. And, and that's ultimately what happened. Like, if you if you listen, we didn't do anything special. We didn't go, like, talk to anybody. Like, we did a couple meetings for different reasons, but we didn't go talk to anybody about how to, like, have a have better presence or do this thing or do that thing on the podcast. I just slowly, like, accumulated more and more sounds to use, and I got more comfortable with it, and I have better software uh, that I use for editing now. So I, I do different things to our uh, audio, and... Um, all three of us have just gotten to the point where, yeah, we we don't we can't see each other, and we are just talking to into a microphone. But it's just D and D. Like, yeah, people are gonna hear it, but at the end of the day, you can either like it or you can hate it. And obviously, we are more biased to one side of that <laughs> equation, and we would we would like you to enjoy yes. it. But if you hate it, we understand. There's stuff that we hate, like. I, get, I don't fucking like cheese on most things, which probably just lost us a few <laughs> listeners. And I understand. I'm, I'm a fucking weirdo. Um, I'm the one that goes, gets drugged. I, I actively try to avoid Mexican places because there's cheese in everything, which makes me the problem person for showing up. But Jennifer loves Mexican places. So when I go, I have to say no cheese on like all of my dish. And they just stare at me and like, you know where you are. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Please, <laughs> Do you please even realize put- where you are, sir? <laughs> Get the, the fuck I'm out. There. I'm like, I'm ordering my tray. I'm like, can I have this meal? And they're like, oh, yeah, of course. I start writing it down. I go, but can I have no white sauce, no cheese, no tomatoes, no guacamole? Also, I'm not big on restaurant refried beans. So if you could just give me extra rice, please. So what do you want? I just want the chimichanga with meat and lettuce, if that's okay. But no, any of those other things you said, mm-hmm, please. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Stop staring at me. My face is hot. Uh, <laughs> So, so we get it. If you don't like us, it, that sucks for us. But uh, no, no would, hate towards you. That's your choice. If, if they're listening to this, that there's at least some sort of affection. <laughs> I'm hoping if you're if you are listening to this. But well, I don't I don't know that we've had anyone actively say super negative stuff to us or about us that we've seen. So I'm not too worried about oh. that. But I just I just wanted to mainly tell people like. 
if if they were wondering how we went from night one to here, it's it's just doing uh-huh. it. We we didn't do anything special. We just eventually got out of our own heads about it. Like I I I would like to say that I was more comfortable when we started, but I wasn't. Like there was part of me that was more comfortable with the recording thing because like I do radio stuff. So like that didn't bother me as much as it bothered the other two guys. But I was very nervous, uh, like Ken said, about putting me playing D&D out on the internet. Which like who the fuck am I that people are going to want to listen to? And maybe you don't. Maybe you listen for Brad and Ken. That's fine, too. <laughs> but but like, who, who am I that people want to come listen to my shitty bird uh, let his friend die? Speak, speaking of the whole not comfortable in the beginning, I think every single time we recorded and I listened to it, I'm like, oh, I fucking hate Trevor's voice. And according to Nick, after mm-hmm. listening through all the stuff and picking out snippets, Trevor is the only thing that still sounds the same. <laughs> yeah, according according to my ears, listening to Brad do Trevor's voice in episode one, um, Trevor's voice sounds identical to how it does now. Like maybe there's a couple small nuances, but for the most part, Trevor sounds the same. And I told Ken, like I heard, you'll hear it in the in the clip I had for Jorick. Like I heard Jorick's voice, and Jorick was just high pitched. The little halfling man walks back to the center of the stage, and uh, and and speaks thusly. My name is Jorick. Carester. I am the captain of the guard for Iron's Edge and have been for the last 15 years. And that like is he was, one that I would 100% would have not guessed because, you know, like Puffles is just kind of deeper and maybe there's some different inflections on it. And Selena is more haughty. Uh, yeah, you know, but and both of those sounded like pretty similar. I think we didn't have a lot of them talking at the beginning uh, when we were meeting them and stuff. So uh, can everybody kind of introduce themselves to each other? So, uh, you know, it's a good friendly match between between the two teams. Trevor Ironjaw. Again. Hargos Pissarro. Uh, uh, the elven the elven lady will uh, kind of do a, a graceful bow uh, and say, my name is Selena and you have already met Marcus. And the the tabaxi kind of crosses his arms and he looks down. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I have good eyes, not ears. Puddles. Puddles. Bubbles. My name's my my name's Puffles. Puffles. Yes. Trevor is now my third least favorite. <laughs> I am not afraid of a cat named Puffles as much as a cat unnamed, apparently. <laughs> no offense meant Puffles. Little owl giggles. See, he, he squints at you real hard. He's just a glorious name. Glorious name. He's, he's amazing. To he's back to number one. <laughs> glorious. I, the hero p- Puffles. Glorious name. Maybe stop saying it before I laugh and, and die. <laughs> so, I mean, they kind of grew into their voice later. But yeah, Jorick, it baffled me when he came on because he just came out and he goes, Well, hello, everybody. 
everybody. I'm a, I'm George Crester. Blah, blah, blah. And he didn't have the like the throaty bit that Ken does for him now. And I was just like, whoa. And I I mean, I can't I can't sell only Ken up the river because Harkos was the same fucking thing. Like, I didn't know. We talked before we started recording that episode. Like, Ken was like, you guys going to do voices for your characters? And Brad and I were like, we think we should. But I mean, I don't know. And then Brad went first and Brad did a voice. And I was like, well, I mean, I feel like I kind of have to now. And I had been listening to a lot of uh, not another D and D pod, and I really liked um, their little Greenleaf guy. I liked the little nerdy, shy dude that they kind of had, and so I loosely based my idea for what I wanted Harkos to sound like off of that. And then it came out. I mean, you'll hear the fucking clip. It came out, however the fuck that is. Like Harkos, <laughs> like he was just, he was just like, oh, I'm um, uh, uh um, <clears throat> excuse me. Is this um, is this how you get into Iron's Edge? I'm gonna, as I'm turning around, uh, I I do believe this is this is how you get in there. And then when I see Harkos, I'm going to, oh, oh, an an Alacocra, such, oh, glorious, glorious plumage, it's, oh, I, oh, um... such such inspiration. I could I could use this for the next time I. I make something. Y- yes, no, please, please, um, please don't touch my feathers. I, I quite like them. Whether I would prefer if you did not use my feathers. May- maybe there's a different line. Um, no, no, uh, no, no, not not use your feathers. Like it was, I, I, I can't even do it wrong. It was, it was like my voice, but slightly timid and a little higher. But it sounded just like me. There were a couple instances. I don't think I, I have the, these in clips, but there were a couple instances where he had like a British accent sneak through by accident. <laughs> And I remember when we got done recording that episode, like Ken made comment. He goes, yeah, you had like a weird accent. So I was like, I know, I'm sorry. I couldn't stop it. There were just a couple times it slipped through. <laughs> and and now Harkos has grown into to what he is. Like it's 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 just time. Whatever your thing is that you want to do, when you can convince yourself to go do it, it's just time. It's going to be weird at first and it's going to be rough and scary. But at the end of the day, you're going to get a year down the road and you're going to be able to turn around and look at everything and go, you know what? I don't care if anyone else is proud of it. I'm fucking proud of it. Cause oh, I know I'm proud oh, of yeah. what we did. Like whether, whether we had a fan base right now or not, I'm, I'm so proud of the fact that us three fuckheads are, were able to <laughs> grin and bear through a year of this stuff. Cause we're all similar minded people. I mean, you heard us talk about meeting each other. We're all very introverted mindsets and we've managed to keep a moderately regular schedule of making this fucking podcast and, and uploading it. I mean, uploading wise, we've, we've kept it recording wise. We've had some hiccups in the road, but we, we never let it affect our upload schedule. So that's, that's big for us. No, I, I it, back to the, the pride thing. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things like, I, I don't even know why I said that, but at some point in the future, I'll be able to tell my child who was born during the course of this of of this show. But like, this is something that your dad did, you know, that he did this story with his friends and we put it out on the fucking Internet because that's what par- people apparently do. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I can look back at the 
getting the picture put up on Twitter of when my son was born to the entire Twitterverse and these people that are listening to our show and all this stuff. And, you know, it like it's cool stuff that I can look back and it's it's not only the history of the show, but it's also our personal histories that are played out within the context of of the world of Riven uh-huh. uh, because inevitably your personal life will kind of spill over and you know if you're in a really good mood or you're in a really bad mood or whatever then that does it affects what you're doing and it it, it would be very difficult for me to not be proud especially looking at thinking about where we came from at the beginning of all this to the point that we are now where it's like, uh, I, I, I can't every time that I end one of these episodes and you guys go, ah, oh, shit, come on. And like, I have to feel a little tinge of pride. Like, <laughs> because if you didn't care, you wouldn't react like that. Truth. Every, every time, every time, from fucking October 11th, well, we recorded before then, but October 11th, 2019 to October 11th, 2020. Every time I have started editing a Riven episode and I get to do Ken's little last time on Rolling in the Geek and I slot in our music, which is Barovian Keep from Tabletop Audio, by the way. A uh, big thank you to... Uh, uh, those guys uh, for having all the awesome music they do. Um, every time I slot that in, like there's just a, there's a sigh of relief that goes over me because every time we record and Ken says it, I want that music in my headphones. <laughs> but we don't have we don't I, we're not set up that way. Like it could totally happen. We're not set up that way. So when I, when I go to edit, like it just it feels so good and I get so proud because it. There's not been a single episode where that music didn't sound good under his exposition. And maybe it's because I've been putting it in there for a year. So my brain just says that's how it's supposed to be. But even in the early stages, that just it felt yeah, right it to use it, that. It's always sounded and, great. And it, whether Ken's talk about positive stuff or whatever, like I just feel like it, it has the mood that is Riven. Like Riven's not a bad place. It's not a great place, but it's been through some shit and now it's going through some shit again. And so that that music is just kind of slightly ominous and makes you think that the world can be dark and shitty, but it's it doesn't. It's not saying it is, but it's it's just letting you know that things aren't as good as they were once. Um, And I'm not saying when the dragon tyrants were in control, things were good. I'm talking about before that all happened, (laughs) but before that happened and before the before the continent broke and before all the crazy dragons broke it. Um, But I feel for you on on your little, oh, what the fuck? Why? I get similar feelings whenever I I put the stereotypical um, as my folder calls it, my every episode use sounds (laughs) um, into the episodes because it just it it just feels right. And I get I get so proud of of the fact that I've I've built these own staples into things that other people I, have now. I, I love the the outro music because it's it's like a celebration every single time. Mm-hmm. It, like we did another one. <laughs> like we we didn't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except for. Episode thirty nine, where one of us fucked up pretty hard. 
That was that was not the greatest. Brad. <clears throat> That's a one. A one? That's a fucking one. A one gives you two failed saves. Which puts you at three saves total. Trevor. In this black room, you suddenly see a light. Everything in the room fades out except except for this light. And in that light, you recognize its warmth. You've seen this many times. And as your vision clears a little bit, you see... You see... You see the flame being. You see Numerath. Oh. Uh, Are you here to lead me on? Trevor Ironjaw. I am sorry to say, but it is your time. I was worried about that. I, Trevor Ironjaw, I am sorry that the power that I gifted you was not enough. It's, it's not your fault. I, I slipped. <laughs> Ended up here. Despite maybe we shouldn't have went through the the room. You followed the path that was before you. You did nothing wrong, Trevor Ironjaw. You walked the hero's path. Not many can do that. And even fewer can do that and survive. You died with honor. And for that, I will give you one last gift. And you see his form changes. And... It lengthens and grows. And you hear, Trevor Ironjaw, I will show you my true form. And after a moment of this transition, an absolutely massive gold dragon stands in front of you. Oh, my Such a... such a sight. (laughs) One that has not been seen in your world for many years. I had hoped that you would be the harbinger of my return. For too long, my brethren ruled as tyrants. I wanted to bring back peace. I'm sorry, I... I did not do do better. I am sorry that I did not. I am sorry that I failed you, Trevor. Come, I will take you to the other side. Yes. I I I suppose. 
Will you... Will you... Send... Will you look after Harkos, please? I cannot. But oh. I do know someone who can. Come. I will oh. take you to the land of peace. Yes. Uh -huh. Onward, then. All right. Thus passes Trevor Ironjaw. Arcos, it is your turn. You hear from behind you the final breaths. Leave Trevor. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, but sure. It was I. His death was such a gift to me because it introduced this other character that I I have this whole other branch of the world that I created because of Lanros. Uh, and then getting to throw uh, the little hints of what was going on with Trevor's Trevor's backgrounds, getting to throw those in, in with no context whatsoever other than just the conclusion of, of his assumed story. Oh, like, Go, go Sorry, ahead. I, 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 I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're, I just, you're fine. You're fine. So you were you were talking about like it, it, it popped in my head because when I so when I was when I was scrubbing for clips, um, I heard I, I it was in episode two because I, I got a couple things from episode two, um, like Ansigar, uh, I had to get his stuff, which he's part of the B team. We might talk about him, but I'll I'll toss his clip here. Yeah, and. As the three of you valiantly stand to receive the charge, you hear footsteps behind you. It's soft, graceful footsteps. I'm not looking. I'm, I'm eyeballing down the tidal wave. And from behind you, you hear an elegant, elven voice say, Friends. We're going to die! Please. We're going to die! <laughs> 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 the spider! Ah! No, okay. fr friends. This is not. This is not Selena's voice. Oh, it is a oh. male voice oh, behind you. I, uh, <laughs> friends, please let me handle this. And oh. uh? <laughs> turn around. I. Uh, so, beside you, you see a tall, lean, half-elven figure dressed in bright, shining gold and silver mail. Long, blonde hair and just a, a hint of pointed ears coming out from the sides uh, that he looks to be half-elven. And he carries a gilded shield in his right hand and in his left a blessed-looking longsword. But he Fancy. steps Show he off. steps up to you and places a hand on on your shoulder, Trevor, and says, Please let me handle this for you. You've done well already. And he 
takes a step forward and he raises the blade into the sky and he says my name is Ansigar I am the blessed champion of Torm and I bid you retreat and then you see a bright golden flash come off of the sword and the cult the trapezoids just real in fear <laughs> and it's almost like a wave that of light that comes off of him and they stop dead in their tracks and then turn and run there it was um <laughs> that's some fucking character growth right there yeah <laughs> yeah it is but what, what i what i was gonna say is in episode two um we fight the the uh trapezoids with <laughs> another clip yeah first time we say trapezoids okay uh so you run out and you open the door uh and you see shapes coming out of the cave. in the darkness or like uh, there's trapezoids. some <laughs> yes there's trapezoids all up in this bitch <gasps> yes uh, We'll figure it out. It, it'll be Nick's. It'll be Nick's problem. Um, but we're fighting the trapezoids as they're coming down the mountain the first time. And I thought it was so. I I I I actually I have a question for Ken because I want to know if, if you thought about it or like if you if you had already. I'm assuming you already had this idea. You had to have uh, because Brad told you his backstory and you built it into the world before the game started. So obviously, when Brad kicks the bucket. When Trevor kicks the bucket, um, he has his little going towards the light and he gets to see Numerath in his true form. And he is uh, gold, the gold dragon. He's he's the big boy. In episode two, Brad died in episode 39. In episode two, Brad makes comments because the kobolds made comments. There's a fucking... Rash Magash <laughs> has his shitty staff, which, by the way, Trevor, you have a creepy cobalt staff in your inventory. I do. Because uh, you, 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 you took his creepy cobalt staff. I got a severed arm that no one remembers except me. You have a staff that everybody forgot about. <laughs> Because it doesn't fucking do anything. But anyway, Rash Bagash would make comments. He's like, taste the power of the dragon. Yeah, and he did stuff. Trevor then turned around and was like, taste the true power of the dragon and did fire powers. Ken, how giddy were you when Brad <laughs> made that comment unknowingly? Oh my god, it fucking killed me. Like, it, it's so fun for me when you guys, like, touch on something that you have no idea is real. <laughs> And you just like kind of, you know, throw it out there as as a line or as a comment or an offhanded comment or as a maybe a, like our I wonder or whatever it is. And I'm like, mm, yeah, that's OK. <laughs> like that moment right there. I'm pretty sure I made a diamond inside my butt <laughs> because I clenched up so hard. I. Because I was like, oh, man, that's okay. I wonder if he thinks that there's dragon stuff going on with him because nope. he shouldn't know nope. that yet. Uh, not a <laughs> fucking clue. 
No, but it was very quickly uh, after he said, like, some sort of flame being uh, rescues me from, you know, from from this death. Uh, it was it was not very long after that that I was like, you know what? That's that's Numerath. I'm that's my canon for that. Numerath is the one that saved him. I uh, which which is so you like and not in a bad way, but it's so you to to just take our stories and weave them into the lifeblood of of the campaigns like that. And it's it's amazing. I love it. Like I I built my character in Ondine to have that specifically happen. But I mean, like Brad said, even with like Josh and his characters, that wasn't intended, and you did it anyway. Like you were able to. Like, it was the backbone of Ondine, and I mean, the dragons, arguably, as far as we know currently, are the backbone of Riven, and Brad is right in the face of all that shit. And uh, so is Harkos. <laughs> Zuriel said that I got I got a little bit of dragon in me too. So, I mean, it's whether we want it to be or not, like our, our individual, obviously your individual story ultimately will be weaved in, but being able to spin Trevor's backstory with just a comment of some being of like, you could have just made a fire God. You didn't, <laughs> you made the fire God. Like that's, that's what happened. Uh, it, it, there's two, there's two ways that you can do that is that you can do like how I like to do with, characters backstories is that you can use those backstories to inform the world uh and and that's a very player focused and very player centric way of of dming at least this is my interpretation this does not i am not talking down or saying anything negative about how anybody else does it this is just this is the way that i enjoy playing and it seems to be the way that you guys like doing it too so you know here we are uh but it's a very player focused, very player centric way of DMing is that you guys create these backstories and then I use those backstories to enrich the world. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel more connected uh, that way as a player. It's, yeah. I, I love it. And and then there is the the opposite direction from that where that is uh, the character's backstory is solely where your characters came from and nothing else and that it does not inform anything in the story which it just depends on how you run the game that i uh, that's fine too and i it's just not the way that i i want to go about it because i i am in complete agreement with what Brad said is that i feel that it provides a much deeper connection to the world and maybe that's not what you want from your players but it's what we like and it's something that we have done for every single character that we've made in all of the games that we've played is that we've created characters that have rich backstories that then we allow the DM to take into their own hands to try to do something else with. Uh, and I, I think that especially I, I think Riven has a lot of that and then in uh, uh, Ondine 2.0 I took that shit to the extreme. <laughs> uh, but but for Riven I it could have gone completely different. Uh, Trevor's could have gone completely different is that you just end up, it ends up being fucking Hephaestus. Like I, I can't think of anybody else who like forgotten realms deities that are, are fire-based right now, but could have just been, you know, a, a, a flame God 
number one, you know, it, and, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but instead I, I really wanted to find a way to tie him at a deep level to the events of, uh, uh, that, that have created the world that you're in and Harkos, there's stuff happening with yours that you're still in process of finding and that have deep ties into the world that you yeah. don't know about yet and and you, even that you, the, the, you have a little bit of dragon in you because uh you you know jars got cracked yep and you know i've been thinking about this my ties of the world thing i i think I think Brad had the right idea. I think I'm just gonna die real quick, <laughs> and and just just get it up front, and then I'll, I'll I'll be somebody else for a little bit. It'll make the audience really upset, maybe. Uh, it'll it'll make a couple people very upset, as we've we've seen um, <laughs> through people DMing us on on different social medias. Um, and then you know uh, we can send my new character and Trevor through a fetch quest, and they'll come back and be like. Trevor, you'll never believe what I found out. Remember those baby booties? Oh, little d, we know that blah, 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 whatever I find out when I die. It's real simple. That's all I got. I just got to I just got to do a quick death. We'll, we'll meet a lightning uh, NPC and I'll be like, hey, I'm going to die real quick. Bring me back within like five minutes before I go brain dead. <laughs> no, I'm 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 very aware of of the of the ties that have been laid before well of some of them because there's shit that ken always says he's like i've been laying out hints and then brad and i are like "Uh oh because we didn't pick <laughs> up on any hints no um, and those are the those are the most beautiful ones is that there i i have things that have been laced in there little subtle things that i've said that that i did not make a big deal out of that kind of get lost into it into the the whole string and then 10 episodes from now something's gonna happen and you're like motherfucker you fucking asshole I remember this shit what the fuck and those are some of my favorite moments Uh, but there's there's a lot of those things and and I cannot wait for some of those to uh, to start dropping uh, as you start to discover more and more because I, I feel like we're we're getting ready because the Aramore stuff happened much fa- has has happened much faster than Iron's Edge, uh, and I yeah. think that once you guys finish up there, then it's going to be a very different gear that you're going to pop into, uh, and things are going to start happening a lot more quickly. Which I is kind of the way that I do things is that it starts very low gear and then ramps up to like oh my god what is going on like and i think that you guys help push that because you start getting more invested and you want to do more and you want to do more and you want to do more and and then you i just let you take control of the clutch <laughs> and let you let you push forward Nick pushes uh, the I, gas. I, I, I tend to be a little button. bit more of a slow burn to start off with and then let things naturally ramp uh, to chaos. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, I, I definitely, I, I, I definitely feel, um, that we're going to get like, it's, it's felt iron's edge to put it in perspective was like, I want to say prologue, but it was almost like tutorial. Like 
Trevor and Harkos were really getting a Nick and Brad were getting a feel for their characters. Obviously, we've done 5e D&D before, so it wasn't a tutorial in that sense. We were getting a feel for our characters, for the world, all the stuff that was going on. I mean, we had the obligatory this is why you're here quest that we had to get situated with. And then it grew into the Dragon Rock and the conspiracy theories about it being shipped to the capital and the meeting that Ansigar had to go have with the supplier or whatever, like all the supply chain and all this stuff. And so that is why I think the Iron Zits was like the tutorial. Getting pulled into Aramore feels very prologue-y for like the grand scale problem that is going to be assaulting not only city to city, but the continent as a whole. Iron's Edge would itself contain incident that bled into the grand the grand picture. And then Aramore has definitely been more in our face about um, a problem that is plaguing everyone. Now we're dealing with it on the Aramore side of things, but it is something that is going to be happening everywhere. And like once Aramore tidies up, I mean the, the fucking roll title card. And now it's fucking... You should go see my buddy in River Run or go do 70 side quests and come back at level 70 your choice <laughs> like I, that's that's the moment we're about to hit and it's when Brad and Nick are going to start making really shitty decisions and the world's going to go to shit so I, <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts the, 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 the interesting thing is is that you know like you said Iron's Edge was very self-contained there was not any interaction with anybody outside of that town but I would imagine by now you have the sense that the stuff that's happening here in Aramore, it's not like people are going to go, well, you know, whatever. Right. That, that, that the, the possible destruction of an entire town, if you're able to avoid all of that, is going to be a major event. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the nearby areas are going to have... And they're going to be affected by that. You're going to go somewhere else. They're like, shit, you were in fucking Aramore. I heard there was a dragon in Helgen. Was that really you? <laughs> Everything's Sky. It's all Skyrim. Oh, God. It always has been. <laughs> and at the end of the campaign, you all are just going to black out and then you're going to wake up in the in back a of a fucking caravan. Uh. Yeah, we're going to Ken's going to do the the riv or the riven the Ondine epilogue thing and he's going to go, "Okay, so that's what you guys uh would like to have happen." What actually happens, Trevor Harkus <laughs> That's wishful thinking. Uh you <laughs> you guys fall unconscious. Oh, you're finally awake. <laughs> no. I don't want to. <laughs> And I, I guess I didn't really make connections to that this world is a little samey to uh, a Skyrim type idea, but I, you, not, well, I, not I, really. I never really you, thought about you it that can way link until that we were just stuff with I, anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you could I'm, you could make that. Yeah, you could definitely make that connection anywhere. It was just I made the the Skyrim comment, and then you were talking about people are going to hear about a dragon attack, and I was like, I mean, that's exactly what happens. You start walking around, and then town guards are like, "Was there really a dragon at Helgen?" They're like, "Yeah, I was fucking there," and they go, "Oh, well, you can definitely come in and see the Jarlden, but don't touch anything. We're watching you." <laughs> and then that's how the the campaign that no one wants to do starts. <laughs> Because there's there's bigger and better campaigns. Um. So if 
because we're we're getting we're getting we're getting lengthy. So yeah, I we're, don't, we're I don't at like wanna... two hours of us bullshitting about this. So yeah. which which I I kind of anticipated. So I don't I don't want to uh, uh, abruptly end because I just, uh, there's there's a couple points I, I wanted to, wanted to hammer real quick. But if if there's any greatest hits moments that somebody wants to make a comment on, um, feel free. If not, uh, the only moments that I have left that I grabbed uh, noise for is obviously uh, the very recent, well, semi-recent Trevor passing and then the very recent uh, Trevor returning. That that whole whole, everything going into Trevor coming back is absolutely some of my favorite stuff that we've done. Yeah. Arcos, can you can you hear me? Uh, Arcos, you hear it? <laughs> yes, yes, Trevor, I I hear you. <clears throat> Ooh, give me a second. I gotta compose. <laughs> <laughs> Strong, strong men also cry. (laughs) 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 Sucks, don't it? It's it's very, very hard to prep a voice when you're tearing up a little bit. Ah. Gosh, okay. God damn it. This is going to be a rough episode while <laughs> Brad and Nick blubber through oh, their character God. voices. Just use it. Just use the emotion. <laughs> it's not that. It's it's hard to make a voice. <laughs> <laughs> the audience will forgive a little bit. <laughs> Ooh, man, whole new respect for voice actors here. <laughs> huh. uh, I I miss you, my friend. As you can probably guess by the current happenings, it is the same on this end from from all of us that are still here. Phil and I both miss you greatly. Yeah, I'm I'm still here too. Yeah, I <laughs> I miss you too, Phil. I will not leave him out again. I'm not. I'm not going to twist that dagger. I I hear things have been um interesting. I mean, uh yeah, that, that's a word for it, I suppose. <laughs> if uh 
if you don't mind my asking. Oh, I, I figured out some of it at least, but is what, why exactly did you, did you uh, call for me? So it makes me happy we're not streaming this. Okay. Man. <clears throat> don't worry, don't worry, audience. It'll be fine. We'll be fine. If you wanna join our Patreon, we're gonna need money for new equipment <laughs> after all the waterworks. <laughs> oh Lord. Um <clears throat> Oh god. <sighs> Center. Um <laughs> good luck. I I'll, I'll be honest because I've been finding trouble and I'll kind of make a side glance at Phil at, at doing that when I should lately um I, I would love to tell you that we've been struggling greatly and have mountains of issues that we just can't surpass without you and, and and that your lack of being here has caused more bad than good but that's it's not an entirely true I mean we've done some things and we've we've been alright but on it's it's more of a the personal thing, Trevor. I I I didn't I didn't stop and come back for you or Phil on the train, and Phil Phil made it out, and I can't help but think that if if I would have tried, Trevor, I. I don't have many friends. You're probably one of the first, which is sad to say, as, <laughs> as I'm as old as I am for for what I am. But I don't want to keep doing this without you. I've I've been I've been blind, and and I just I had to try. I I'm not ready to. To let go. We're the B team, man. Exactly. I was so blind. I, I disallowed Phil from from missing you with me. And then I, I will. I'll actually break. Oh God, I'll break. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking. I'm, I'm balling over here. Um, <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll break from from looking at the chalice and I'll turn to Phil. And, yeah. and I know. Time is um, soon coming. That that we need to 
fix what I did, but Phil, I need you to know I I didn't think about what I was doing, and I'm I'm very sorry. And then I'll turn I'll turn back. Uh Phil he, you can feel him looking at you from the mm. side. And he says, I I can understand why you didn't tell me this is what you were wanting to do. But you brought me into this. And if you want me to be in it, then you need to let me. And he was not only just my friend, too, he was my inspiration. My reason to be stronger. And I'm not angry at you for hiding it. I'm hurt that you wouldn't ask me to help in the highest capacity that I can. But Trevor, we we went through some stuff to get just the chance to get you back. Because I think it's not just us that needs you. I think that Riven needs you too. That interacting with Trevor beyond the grave and then you reaching out through the ritual that you're performing to get to him, to talk to him. That is some of the best stuff that we've done. Also, holy Uh, shit, the feels that that episode. Oh, man. Well, even even in the I mean, even in Trevor, like when he goes, when he passes, like I'll I'll toss I'll toss that clip here. And then, like, I, I had to leave myself some space. Um, like, you can you can just hear it in all of us. Because Brad, Brad went to roll, and he I remember he asked if he should change dice or not. And he goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with this one. I'm going to stick with this die. And he rolled it. And Brad goes, that's a fucking one. And then it's just sil- like, I think I sigh. And then there's a couple seconds. There's a couple beats of silence. And then Ken goes, with a one, that's two fails. Which is three fails. Trevor, you see a light. And then Brad just fucking on it goes, oh, there it is. No, motherfucker. No, 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 no. You do not be okay with dying. That's not. But I mean, we all kind of are like when we play our characters in these games. I'm not going to try and get deep and existential because it's going to give me a panic attack. (laughs) But in, 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 in the campaigns, it's always there, especially after owning like I, I done killed my guy relatively early for good reasons, uh, not on purpose. It just kind of happened. But ever since then, I've I, I, it definitely it made me realize that death is a real problem um, that can come out of nowhere in these games. Like I, I felt kind of safe in Josh's game. Nothing against Josh. I just didn't 
I had a lot of tanky people around me. Um, I made a lot more self-sacrificing moves in Ondine, and uh, Trevor and I have been making similar ones here. Um, and so that, that, that sucked. That hit hard, and then him, him coming back, I think part of the biggest emotion of that was just, I mean, it was it was a few months building up to this moment that we didn't even know like what was going to occur. And behind the scenes, um, Brad was talking about if it worked, like he was, he got to a point where he finally made the decision off mic that he was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to switch back to Trevor if I have the choice to. And so we still had to play it out and see how the dice fell and what happened in game and everything. Um, but Brad had decided that he did he did want to go back to Trevor because uh, Ken left that up to him that technically even if we did everything right if Brad wanted to stick with Landros Trevor would just his soul would would not come back it wouldn't answer and so building to that moment and finally getting that payoff of like everything all the stars aligned we did all the quests we did the, the ritual like everything was finally there and I, I think my body just let out a sigh of all the, the worry of of Trevor because we Brad, Ken and I and, and Josh too, like uh, our circle gets very over involved <laughs> in our characters <laughs> and overly attached. And so I mean that that shit it, it, it wasn't just hammed up for the episode. It was it was rough. Um, and it, it was a good rough. But. Speaking of all that, like the whole the whole death thing, like that was hard, and not just because obviously I don't want I didn't want to Trevor to die. It was hard because Brad's like fuck this, you know, stupid dice. This sucks. I don't want to go into the light, but I have to be Trevor. Yeah. And, and and Trevor wouldn't be like, no, I'm not going into the light. Oh no. He'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, this is this is what happens. So <laughs> Ugh, that was that was rough. That was super fucking rough. <laughs> no, it, it, Trevor made such an impact. And obviously, because it, it, you had to you had to give him your reasons for for why he should return. But Trevor made such an impact on Harkos and on on Phil to get to the point that they were. And Trevor and Harkos had first of all, it just sounds so good. Trevor and Harkos, yeah, it does too. I. I you guys had not such a planned. Gr- <laughs> no, not, just, not at all. Uh, you guys had such a great rapport. It was so so much great back and forth that happened between the two of you. You had gone through the same stuff. You had you had grown together into this this place that you are now. I uh, and uh, having the opportunity to get that back. I I don't know. And maybe I would get criticized for allowing it to happen at such an early level. Uh, because not typically do fourth level adventurers have access to resurrection magic, right? But but you 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 know you made us go through a lot. I was gonna say you you say that, but it's 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 not like we just went somewhere 
and like bought a scroll or we did a bunch of odds and ends jobs and earned money and paid somebody to do it. We ran away from murder charges, lied our way out of town on someone else's horses, cleansed a temple, came back, snuck our way back to the guy who said he could help us, all while the town where we left the fucking body was under threat of being attacked by a necrotic fire-breathing dragon, according to my fucking nightmares. <laughs> um, and we're just we're, we we were okay leaving based upon some stranger going eh, probably three days, <laughs> and we're just like yeah, good enough. We'll we'll dip out for a little bit. So, it, I mean, people might still have issue with it, but it's it's not like it was a gimme. At no point. It was was it a gimme? Um, it, ne- it never felt that way. I never expected it. Like I wanted it really bad, and I I had faith in in our ability. And there were a couple of those fights that um, the roles for Kin's side definitely didn't go the way he wanted them to. Uh, and so some stuff was a little simpler. But I mean, I was the when we got in that temple, I was stressed every episode we were in that fucking temple. <laughs> yeah, you were very much so. We got to those stairs that were all wet, and I just went. I was a trap. Yeah. And then we went. In a, we went. In a, I mean, fucking the ghost guy that we freed when we fought the <laughs> demon that was in the fucking bed. We fought the the fucking mischief person. And then the ghost came in and we did a cliffhanger. I I wasn't doing so hot. And then that guy came in and was like, oh, I got to fight something else. Argo's going to die doing this goddamn mission. And it was a good guy. He came in and he's like, thank you for releasing me. I, I didn't trust anything. And then, then we did all the good stuff. Go to get the fucking chalice. It's got to be booby trapped. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> and then I picked that up and it wasn't. And then we go out and you're like, there's another avatar. And I was like, now we got to fight a fucking another guy now. And then he was a good guy and gave us fucking nine grand. And then we go outside and I was expecting someone to be waiting by the horses and they weren't. And then we rode off and I was expecting someone to find us and we didn't. And we went through the woods and you were like, make rolls. And it was like, fuck. And then they were dire raccoons. <laughs> Every moment until Brad and I cried together, I was fucking horrified <laughs> of something going wrong because and not because Ken likes to screw us because it wasn't it wasn't a surefire thing. So if 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 dice roll wrong or shit just doesn't go the way it's supposed to, Brad and I are big boys. We'll suck it up and deal with it, but it's going to suck right. ass. So so until I had Trevor proverbially in my arms, I wasn't going to feel OK. <laughs> And then Brad fucking questioned coming back. Brad I know. was so set. And he was so set on coming back, and Ken did such a good job. And Brad was like, "Oh, I don't yeah. know." Yeah, it. Ken Ken put him in, put Trevor in enough of a situation that even though the memories came back, like Trevor would have been like, "Do they really need me? Like, is this is this really a thing?" Yeah, and. And then, and then Nick Man cried into Brad's ear, <laughs> and, and, and that's why that's why I had Trevor go off in the other room and and talk in private, because that was that was the turning point. If honestly, it, it put it all on your shoulders at that point, and I apologize, but uh, 
you know, had you just been like, well, I just want you back. And that was it. Hey, he probably would have been like, you know, I appreciate it, but here we are. <laughs> I, I I will I will say that you might have put it all on my shoulders, but Ken did a good job of double agenting. And <laughs> I, 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 I think I think I think Phil making his comment of like, I, I think it's in my clip, but Phil made a comment of like, uh, Trevor, not only do we need you, he's like, I, I think Riven. Needs <laughs> yeah, you. yeah. And that's I was also like, really oh, good. oh, that's that's good shit, Ken. Like that, that's fucking that's true. And that I, that's a total fucking Phil thing to it say. Is. Like it Phil is. looks up to both of us so much that I didn't at all see that as like Ken just wanting to get in on the cry action. Also, that would be something that fucking Phil of Andrew himself would be like, no, like you guys are my mentors. Like the one of you is lying to me and the other one's dead. So <laughs> I, I would I would. I would prefer the one that has the fire spells to come back and, and maybe we'll kick this bird liar out of the group soon. Shut the fuck up. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and that, that was, I. It, it's hard to jump back and forth between those two things of like, I'm playing Numerath who is saying, I don't think you should go. You've earned your rest. Uh, and Phil, who is like, this man, this man helped me become who I am now. Uh, jumping back and forth between those two things is is challenging right. and but it's also extremely rewarding because I'm you're in a position you're like ooh like I don't know which way to go with this and, and I, I you can hear the gears inside Brad's head going in various parts <laughs> of that episode I uh, yeah which is what scared me yeah it scared me too because I thought oh man I really did I really made him do it, it, like go back on what he thought he was, was going to do it was there like and again I didn't I, I had fun with Landros but I I didn't feel quite the connection playing him which is which is honestly weird because I get I get into my characters and and he was fun and he just didn't he didn't feel right and maybe it was because we hadn't done a lot with him yet specifically uh, I don't know lots of things but I, I really wanted Trevor I, I can I can tell you right now that if you had stuck with him there would have been plenty that made you can there's there's right. a lot happening right now that will yeah yep yeah and, and I and I would have been fine it wasn't like I hated playing him it was just he didn't feel as as right as Trevor, which was why I was like, yeah, if if I have the chance, Trevor's coming back. And then when we got there and you pulled that shit on me, <laughs> my brain's like, son of a bitch. Because <laughs> I was set. And then I'm like, oh, but, you know, as much as I want Trevor back story wise, is is he going to come back? Like, there's a lot going on here. Like, man. Oh, Oh, so Tre oh. Trevor had everything back. He had everything there that he could have wanted. You know that this this life that he carved out for himself, was, making so trinkets good. for old ladies. I, uh, it was, it was perfect. And do you go back to a world where you're getting stabbed by creatures that are trying to bring about uh, uh, tyrannical dragons? Do you go back to that or do you stay in your happy place? <laughs> you know, it was such a, oh, it was such a great 
that I feel like such a tool for doing it, but it was so it was so beautiful in the moment. I agree. Um, but I I mean that's that is that's where we're at now. Yeah. Um, so I, my, I mean that's my, my last. Uh, th- this is my last comment. Uh, is if 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 anybody takes anything from this game this or any role playing game is that it can be so much more than just a game you can create and weave beautiful stories in with characters that people are deeply devoted to and it really it, your imagination can take can take you to such great lengths on these things that I if 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 anybody who is listening to this has never considered DMing or is too nervous about doing it take the plunge if you have a good idea or an idea that you're passionate about dive in because it is such a rewarding experience that sometimes you you look at what you're doing and you're like, fuck, this is, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if what I'm doing is right, but if at the end of your sessions, your players are wanting to talk about it more, they're asking you questions and like, oh man, I'm really wondering like what's going on here. Is, is this the right thing to do? Or man, you just punched me in the fucking feels dick. That's the shit right there. Oh yeah. I, some of those moments are moments that I will I will remember and I will love to the day that I die. The things that we've we've created not only in this show but in our personal games and um yeah, that's I mean that's that's why I got into this stuff was I wanted to tell stories with other people. That was the big pull for me. Like obviously uh, the nerdy aspect of being able to play a game. I mean it 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 is it is still a game at the end of the day. But like you said, it, it can be so much more than that. And that's what I wanted. I wanted the so much more. Like, I, I still enjoy the game aspect, but the, the so much more was the pull for me because of who I am. I like doing the creating and the imagining. And even if you get with a group of people and you guys don't do like fighting or whatever, like if you just there's a lot of our sessions on the show and personally just that RP. are just fucking RP. And those are some of the sometimes those are some of the best fucking sessions. Those, those are my favorite. Like combat's fun, but I, I like RP. And good RP is is makes for a very satisfying night. There there are the days that it feels real good to just be like, all right, I'm gonna fucking hammer the shit out of this bad guy. And then there's other days that well, it's like, I this the story that we're creating together is so good that I don't care that I haven't even rolled a die right. all night. That's uh, well, the, the, those, those days that feel so good with fighting are usually off the back of like heavy RP sessions where it's building either it's building up to you punching this douchebag in the face. It's been a pain in the ass or you've RP'd like through a town and there are all these people like, like with Strahd, uh, like all these people have been saying how horrible everything is because he's raining over all their shit. And then you get to go fucking punch him in the face and murder him. We won't talk about the aftermath. But in the moment when you're beating the shit out of him feels fucking great. Like, even if you're not big into fighting, like as long as you're into your characters and you got involved in the world, 
beating him up it's gonna feel really good and it's gonna be the same in homebrew campaigns or other book campaigns like whatever you do uh we feel um if i could speak so freely for all of us we feel that the i mean the rp is what makes it it didn't it didn't start that way dungeons and dragons 100 was dungeons and it was just a way to play games without having to have a game system but it has evolved so much more in so many different avenues that like it's I mean, that's why you have podcasts and people who like stream them playing D&D and stuff is because like it, it would only be entertaining for so long to watch people roll dice and say, I did six damage. Right. I did 21 right. damage. He's paralyzed. Yeah. You're poisoned. It's the fact that you get to see people become these characters and you get to see their stories and you get involved just like you would with a TV show or a movie or a book. And and when you get to do it yourself, like it's one thing to watch. That's what I did before I met these guys. I watched a lot of people I watched on YouTube. D&D started to blow up right around fifth edition coming up because it got a little bit easier for people to pick up on. And so a lot of people that I watched on YouTube started running sessions and I watched them do it. And it was fun and and it was funny and it was cool. And that's what really made me want to do it. And so when I got invited to fuck around with these guys, that's what pulled me is I really wanted to do that thing that I watched other people do and I didn't know if I would be good at it and if I wasn't cool I'd excuse myself and go back to watch people on the internet do it and and I'm I'm glad and I I know I said I was very worried and I was a little timid of these two but I'm 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 over the moon that I made the decisions I did uh, I I had the dominoes fall in real life that put me where I am right now um, there there's there there's a lot to unpack that's on the back of that but I mean in my personal life like with Jen my personal life with you guys my life with D&D the podcast and like so many things happened um, because of the decisions I made to, to let me hang out with you guys and it's just it's grown me as as a person um, both D&D and, and my time with all of you on Saturdays and, and the community that we've found on, on Twitter and everywhere because of doing the podcast it's been phenomenal it's been a roller coaster of a fucking time mm-hmm. and I am over the moon for more well we're going to keep on giving you more <laughs> both both on the internet and off so I uh, yeah and the 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 does does anybody else have have talky talks I don't think so I, I, think, I think so that either. I've spoken passionately a number of times in this and I think that I'm good so the only comment I'll make and we we'll talk about it more um in the near future um, in like under the trench coat stuff and we'll make posts about it on Twitter as it becomes more realistic we were going to make it a segment of this but this is this is getting close to one of our longest recording sessions um, so we can't really talk about it but I, w- I want to touch on uh, we want to talk about the future of the podcast um, obviously we're going to keep trucking along we're having a jolly good fucking time Riven is um, presumably far from over I guess some fucking cataclysmic horror event could happen and it could end tomorrow um well not tomorrow because tomorrow's monday it would end on a friday um but as far as i know riven's a a decent chunk away from over um so that's going to keep happening obviously heroes is going to keep going um 
and all of those things. Uh, we're still going to keep up with the extra content on Patreon. What we might try and do, we've talked about it in an Under the Trench Coat before. I, excuse me, I believe. We've talked a lot, um, mainly in Under the Trench Coat stuff, about dominoes and how they affect everything. And we've made passing comments about a a what if series so to speak and not trying to piggyback off of the one that marvel wants to do on disney plus uh not a sponsor um but would take it i mean if you're listening but, yeah, yeah of course <laughs> mi- or disney throw mr. Iron walt. Man in. i don't care <laughs> mi- mi- i was gonna say mi- miss mr walt can i call you walt uh if your frozen head can hear us right now um because that's the that's the theory right is that they froze walt disney's head or this whole his whole body, I guess, is allegedly. Anyway, allegedly, um, we very much like the idea of running like little one shot situations of like like one of the ones we've thrown around is like, what if uh, like Harkos what like if we just do a, a what if night one type thing like a session one and so what if um. Harkos was raised by the pirates and so his personality is a little different. What if Trevor was hoity-toity or whatever and they still showed up? Or what if they just didn't help Iron's Edge and we do something else? Or like one of the big moments. Uh, what if Trevor wasn't dead when we got to Aramor? And so we've talked about maybe doing like little one-offs of those types of things. But that's kind of like a third show. And so we still have to talk more personally about it, but since we're putting it out in this episode, this way everybody will hear it instead of under the trench coat. Let us know if you think that's interesting, because if we do it, we're probably going to have to put it behind a Patreon thing like under the trench coat is just because, I mean, we all do, we all have day jobs and, and so families. The, and- <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and families and Ken and Brad got kids Jennifer has a cat. Um, I don't like him very much, so that's not that big of a problem <laughs> to me. That's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah. He's he's a sweetheart. He's an asshole, but he's a sweetheart. Um, well, I say that assholes. about the kids, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but as especially... Um, a lot of this comes from me, because Brad uh, likes to jump in on things um, that he thinks would be exciting and, and fun and enjoyable. Nick uh, has to edit those things. So Nick <laughs> makes makes some of these decisions on his own and then tells the guys, this is what we have to do, uh, because I say so, because uh, stress levels. <laughs> so we, we, would, we would love more than anything to do what if stuff, and we'll probably do one... We'll talk about it a lot, and maybe it'll be sometime in the new year, um, just so we can nail down all the all the specifics. Um, but we'd probably do a free one, just as like a idea, so you know what it is, and then you guys can let us know. Because, like I said, if we we'd have to put it behind the Patreon stuff, and we'd have to have a decent chunk of patrons. And that was one of the things is we might make a Patreon goal um, that once we reach so many, we'll start doing those. Um, so that we can have that money to supplement the extra time that we are sinking in. Because we don't necessarily need to make a living off this. We're all comfortable as we are, but it'd be fucking great. I mean, everyone would love to uh, make money doing the, the fun things they do. And we like doing this for you guys. So we, we do want to do more in the future. 
Brad always wants to start like some new fucking campaign with some other cool system we found and <laughs> Ken and I have to tell him no. I, um, I have so, so many things that I want to do and if we could just dedicate all of our time to this podcast it'd be so amazing but that's not realistic. So they get to tell me no so a lot. It's not realistic yet. Well, And that's, that's yeah. fair too. Currently not realistic. Maybe maybe it'll happen. That'd be awesome. But I mean, so, so, oh, so many ideas. There is, there is definitely a decent chunk of of stuff on the horizon for us. That what if thing is the most present knowledge, um, in my opinion. Um, but we, I mean, we're gonna keep playing and stuff. We won't keep talking to you guys. But just just know that, barring any chaotic real life events, we have no intentions of going anywhere. We know that. This year has been nuts for a lot of people, um, and it's been nuts for us too. But we're we're gonna keep trucking, and the podcast is gonna keep trucking. And yeah, and I think I say this more in in the the hero stuff since we kind of since we promote our patrons there. But anybody, a patron or not, if there's something you'd like to see from us. Man, don't hesitate. Like, send us a message. Send us an email. Mm-hmm. Anything. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. I, we have, you know, we somebody's close by. We'll answer as quickly as possible. Send us an email, and one of us will get it. No, no matter what, uh, anything. Like, we we love feedback. I love seeing posts of, hey, you know, this happened or that happened or, oh my gosh, I can't believe Trevor died and you know things things like that. It. it 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 makes our day, honestly. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. wonderful. We, we are not we are not beyond talking to our listeners. No, and not at I, all. Nor will we ever be. No, that we are people. We are just. I, I got a wife and kids, whoa, whoa, and I whoa, do. Whoa, 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 whoa! When I reach Ansigar, the blessed champion of Torm status, I'm done talking to any peasant <laughs> life. So I, we. That's false. I I'd have to keep talking to all our people. We, I we, would hate myself if I stopped. We all have jobs. We all just do like regular life stuff. I uh, I had I uh, I had dinner tonight, just a regular average dinner. It was uh it was pigs in a blanket and macaroni <laughs> and cheese. Where's uh, birthday dinner? Birthday dinner. It was it's we're recording this on my birthday. So that was kind of the pigs in a blanket sounded good. So that's what I wanted. I uh, yeah, we talk to us we're we're pretty easy to talk to i will happily do it we love what we do we love talking about this obviously because we've just talked for three fucking hours about it (laughs) i if you have questions if you have comments if there's stuff that you want to see that or if there's stuff that you don't want to see tell us right let us know we're we're very open and this is a living world that i you know we want to keep on doing so let us know what we can do to make it better and if you like um shit like this like just the us talking back and forth now i don't know that they'd all run three fucking hours long this was a special idea that nick brought up a couple months ago because anniversary and wanted to do something cool for it um that would be like sentimental and reminiscent but if you like shit like this also, let us know this. This would be easy to do if we did this like every couple of months, and we just kind of recapped shit in the campaign and shot the shit about like did did a like giant 
kind of free under the trench coat talked about different stuff from what we do in under the trench coat so we're not taking away from the patreon listeners but we did like kind of a bigger one where we talk about different stuff and maybe real life stuff if we got shit going on but also just kind of more of a a podcast stereotypical podcast episode i guess um we could do that like every three or four ish to give us a meaty chunk of stuff to be able to talk about for a little bit of time and maybe maybe we'd be able to do that if, if you like hearing us um not be characters but if you're like brad and you hate our voices um <laughs> we can just stick to the character stuff that's totally fine too now you say our I, voices but it's just mine brad hates his voice just blah, mine. Blah, blah. i don't know what you're talking about i i think my voice is fantastic uh-huh <laughs> all right oh, are we man. are we solid i think so yeah i'm 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 gucci all right well thank you all very much for joining us at our table uh as we've mentioned multiple times here if you like what you're hearing that we would kindly ask that you do support us on patreon uh we have multiple tiers different rewards based on the tier that you choose and for the month of october which we are currently in uh all of our Patreon is all of our stuff is on offer. So you can take a listen to it. See if it is something that is interesting to you. You can see a little bit of behind the scenes, a little bit of the goofy that happens behind the curtain. Uh, so take a look. If it's something that you're interested in, please give us some support. Uh, if Patreon is not your thing, if you uh, just want to do something as simple as buying us a coffee, you can go to ko-fi.com, search for Rolling in the Geek and do a one-time donation there. Brad, where can these fine folks get in touch with us? You can subscribe to us on our website at rickgeekpodcast.com to keep up with all things Rolling in the Geek or on any of your favorite ear bacon stations. Also, we're very active on Twitter, and if you want to talk to a bunch of rad podcasters, artists, and all-around cool people, you can join us in the Underground Oracle Discord through the link on our website. Thank you very much, Brad. Nick, this week you are... The sound. (laughs) You are... You are the pure embodiment of beautiful, angelic sound coming to our listeners through the form of Ear Bacon. Can you please give us something fun to go out on? Yeah, so... uh, I apologize uh, to everybody because this honestly came to me before the idea of the anniversary episode did and then I built the anniversary episode around wanting to do this <laughs> so this is this is this is a full song um, I haven't decided if I'm gonna try and uh, put stupid music probably not there's no point in that there's a chance that the episode could get uh, stricken in 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 the bad touch way and I don't want that so you're just gonna have to deal with with my my voice on its own Um but it's 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 a it's a show this this episode is about remembrance and so I wanted to make a song about remembrance so this this is the anniversary parody um, there's no hootie hoo from Nick and Harkos because it's just Nick today uh, and I don't want to take away Harkos's thing he'll he'll be pretty pissy he gets more pissy about that than he does about his feathers so um yeah I'm I'm just gonna get in it but this is I mean this is I did my best to make lyrics about in campaign stuff and in real life stuff uh, from day one to uh, 
two Fridays ago. So, um, I hope you enjoy it. <clears throat> Brad's idea one day, can and Nick say, okay, humoring him, not too sure how far this would go. Thought up a podcast name, decided who would run the game. Not much faith won't last. Little did they know. <laughs> it's going to be a long one, boys. Started out slowly, snowballed wholly, riven one shots, posting on the Twitter lots. Trevor Harkos, Iron's Edge needs heroes. Introduce yourself, guys. No one's answering the call. We created a podcast. We are still learning, but our passion is burning. We created a podcast. Going strong for a year now, and we aren't quite sure how. Parodies, kitchen knives, about to change their lives. Iron Jaw Pissarro into Iron's Edge they go. Phil of Andrew Jorick, other Brad Puffle, Selena and Marcus sparring in the yard. Trapezoids of Bell Rings, forming of the B team. Purge of Mines, find Cassie's dad. Goodbyes are always said. And Cigar <laughs> is chained in back. Dragons return, that's whack. Board a train to Aramore, no idea what's in store. We created a podcast. <laughs> we are still learning, but our passion is burning. We created a podcast and it's been loads of fun. We're nowhere close to done. 2020's finally here. World War Three kicks off the year. Australia's burning everywhere. Oh, COVID cases start to flare. Quarantine. Stuck at home. People feeling so alone. It'll get better. Just breathe. Make it through this thing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Ken has a baby. His name is Jim. Maybe Bradford sucks. Nick is stressed, but they all try their best. Summer comes and goes quickly. A year is gone. Are you kidding me? Let's do a special episode. Gotta make the song kick ass, though. We created a podcast. We still keep learning because our passion is burning. We created a podcast. Two more verses. This year flew by and we're ready for more. Jumping back to Riven, the train is full of tension. Attacker blows a hole. We investigate it. Leyline magic mania. We traverse the train car. Trevor slips. So does Phil. Harkos has survivor's guilt. Phil comes back. Push on. Trevor is bad guy's pawn. Fighting hard to win the day, but Trevor is the price we pay. We created a podcast. We are still learning, but our passion is burning. We created a podcast. To play D&D and maybe be funny. Lanros finished the train in Airmore. Finally, debrief, head to slums. Harkos in the doldrums. Meeting Zuriel goes fine. Ambush changes. Ansicar's mind. Alcanor parts ways. Team goes somewhere to stay. Prices high. Murder guards run away. Try to hide. Find a temple. Go inside. Purge it of the bad guys. Find a cup. <laughs> take it back. Perform the ritual. Trevor's back with his friends. What a crazy year it's been. We created yes. a podcast. Yes. We are still learning, but our passion is burning. We created a podcast. It's been a year full of laughs and tears. We created a podcast and we are still learning, but our passion is burning. We created a podcast. I picked a long song. Hope that you like it, cause we're glad we tried it. We created a podcast. We are still learning, but our passion is burning. We created a podcast. 
One year is gone, but our show will still burn on and on and on and on and on. Oh, that was great. God damn, dude. I know. Not, not, not to toot my own horn. Quite possibly some of the best parody prowess I have fucking ever done on this show. That was... Let me fitting 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 the shit that happened in our show into that song was not easy, uh, but I, I did enjoy doing it. <laughs> God damn! God yeah! God damn! Holy crap! Happy one year anniversary, guys! Happy one year fucking anniversary! Happy fucking we one fucking did year! It. Hey, you know what? My goddamn son's name is Atticus. Yes, not oh, Yes, you guys fuck. did name Jim Atticus. It's fine. Do, do you want me to redo the song? Oh, I can redo the song. Hang on. Nope, uh, nope it's funny because the no, fucking it's, crap. It's okay. I, I, could, I could do it. Nope. Red's idea one day can it mix it? Oh, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> that was more than enough. Oh, my God. Oh, we love you all. We'll see you again on Friday. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.